Hello everybody, look at you all, gathered round the wireless, cracking open some snacks and getting ready for another episode of Dan and Frankie Go to Hollywood, the one-stop podcast shop for all of your movie discussions. My name is Dan. And I'm Frankie. <laughs> and judging by the look on your face right now, you are wondering what the hell is going on, yeah. and so am I. One-stop shop is... It's a bit podcast shop. Yeah, shut up. It, no, it's great. I love it. So anyway, um, look, yeah, this is going to be pro- possibly a bit of a weird episode. Uh, I've had a weekend that was bigger than big, and I think Frankie's kind of uh, flying on fumes tonight as well. You missed that? the movie quote opportunity. Oh, what was that? It's bigger than Ben Hur. Yeah, that's not a that's not a movie quote though. I, it's I, it's a it's a phrase that's movie based. Movie ref- yeah, but it's not referenced. a movie quote. No, Name okay. One, uh, um, yeah. Look, I'm probably sure there is a movie out there somewhere that somebody made where somebody says something is bigger than Ben Hur. I don't know what that movie is. I don't think you do either. And uh, right now, our public out there are sitting there in their one-stop podcast <laughs> shop, going, "Oh, there's got to be a movie. I'm going to Google it." So anyway, if anyone has the answer, feel free to let us know. Not really. We don't care. Um, so. How have you been, young Frankie? What, what's been happening in your world? Not too much. I have not had the ridiculously busy weekend you've had, thank God, because I, <laughs> I, I can't do weekends that busy. Yeah, look, I I pushed myself, honestly. Uh, Friday night, caught up with some family from Sweden who I haven't seen since 2008, so that was amazing. Uh, Saturday, uh, what happened on Saturday now? I can't quite remember. Oh, that's right. We had a combined engagement party baby shower with, uh, of course, myself and my gorgeous fiance Kylie, where we had a ton of people from locally, from interstate, from overseas, uh, come for the absolute party of the year. It was enormous uh where yeah and catching up with friends i haven't seen in so long and everything was just brilliant and followed by last night uh where jm and i went to see slash in brisbane which was oh, man amazing as always but yeah i <laughs> pushed myself a little bit far which is why i'm saying strange things tonight so uh yeah but everyone's used to that by now aren't they you just yeah, you are. reminded me I need to buy my Mr. Bungle ticket. I forgot to do that when I got home. Oh! If right. it sells that's, out that's... by tomorrow, I'm going to be No, no, so no, no, no. I, I don't think it will. I saw the uh, <laughs> Melbourne gig had limited allocations. Brisbane was still fine. But, uh, yeah, um, no, you, you need to get on that because Mr. Bungle is in 13 days and counting. Wow. Uh, which I'm already calling is going to be in my top five greatest concerts of all time um but uh but this, this, that's that's not movie related what are we well, doing well it's 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 fun <laughs> stuff it is fun stuff look i mean you know the people want to get to know us and stuff so yeah now they know that we're mike Patton is a movie score composer that is true that is absolutely true um the rest of the band, I have no idea. Oh, no, hang on. We did have a Mr. Bungle reference in a previous episode, didn't we? Did I talk did about the movie Parents? 
Yes. Because I got yeah, into that because of right. Mr. Bungle, because of the liner notes in the first album. So, yeah. I think. So, was it in there or did we just talk about it? I Either way, no I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Either way, I'm going to call them friends of the show, Mr. Bungle. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's it's been a very busy time. I personally have watched fewer movies in this time frame than I have in any two-week period through the whole year. Uh, I still have a few to talk about, but I reckon you've probably got more than I do. So uh, what, what's yeah, been your, I had uh, a bit. Well, before before I get into that, mm-hmm. we had some correspondence oh. from our friend Nobbins about Good old the Nobbins. Aiden Quinn versus Michael Dudikoff. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> yeah, all right. Has Nobbins let me down, or uh, my hashtag Team Nobbins? Exact quote. Mm-hmm. Aiden Quinn is better looking than Dudikoff. Mm. However, he did follow that up with Michael Bn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it better looking than both though. Oh, now that's a controversial uh, little I tidbit to throw into the mix, did, isn't I it? I disagree with that follow up. Well, so do I. I mean, clearly Michael Dudikoff is the winner, <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that's wow. See, that's just. That's not, you know, taking a side. That's throwing a whole other thing into the mm. mix and, you know, stirring things up even more. So, yeah, so we'll just damn take, it, Nobbins. We'll just take the first message. Uh, well, well, hang on. You, you will take the first message. Now, hang on a second. That is just Nobbins' opinion, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's right. And as you know, that that's a, that's a common problem with the internet these days where people are like... <laughs> This is a fact because it is my opinion and it is right and you are all wrong. So, no, the, the I think the competition continues. And uh, if anybody wants to chime in, who is more beautiful, Michael Dudikoff or whatever that other guy's name was? <laughs> no, I'll be fair, Aiden Quinn. Um, you in, can... in the 80s, we're talking about too. Uh, yeah, 1985, of yeah. course. Um, yeah, you can, of course, find us on all the socials, Dan underscore and underscore Frankie. Uh, that's Facebook, Twitter, etc. We've got email addresses, Dan and Frankie podcast at either Outlook or gmail.com. Just, just get onto Google, type in Dan and Frankie. You'll find us. Come and talk to us. We, we love you people. Um, and we should actually give a shout out to our mysterious new listeners in Ireland and France, because, uh, I've been noticing in our statistics that, um, uh, yeah, like, you know, we were sort of, you know, like, I mean, we're doing this for two reasons. One is so we can discuss movies and get other people to watch movies that we love, that sort of thing. The other thing is, of course, world domination. And (laughs) (laughs) I think we're up to eight countries now out of, um, hey, Google, how many countries are in the world? 195 countries. Okay, yep. All right, yep. Yep. Uh, 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 hey google hey google shut up um so anyway yeah 195 countries we've we've dominated eight uh when i say dominated i mean that's one person in france and one person (laughs) in ireland but you know word of mouth spreads quickly i mean you look at what happened with covid19 you know that just started in one little city went boom around the world so Yes, Dan and Frankie go to Hollywood is the next pandemic. There you go. You heard it here first. 
<laughs> there's yeah, no there's no vaccine for what that... we're bringing to you. You're going to be infected by us. Oh, my God. Well, wow. I mean, at, at least if that has to happen, we're infecting people with a love of movies, not mm. terrible disease. Yes, yes, that's right. Um, you know, when we talked about this before we hit record and we said this could get a little weird tonight, <laughs> I didn't actually think it was going to get this weird, but uh, no. here we are. And, uh, and anyway. I also said I hoped this wouldn't go too late because it's mm. a Monday night and it is. I have to get up at 5 a.m., but yeah, here we are yeah. and we haven't even mm-hmm. started talking about the movies yet. So no, maybe we, haven't. we should do so that. Let's do that. So, all right, what uh, uh, what has been well, part of your viewing pleasure? Well, I just want to say to you, um, we, Nobbins also said about, when I said about Jake Gyllenhaal films last time, and he said mm-hmm. that he quite liked Ambulance for what it was because mm, yeah, right. it's, you know, one of those movies that it's not great, but it's pretty fun even Mm -hmm. if the plot makes no sense. Mm -hmm. And I didn't watch Ambulance because reasons, but I did watch another movie (laughs) like that. (laughs) I'm going to get to it later. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's fine. But I did Uh, watch The the Day After Tomorrow. Oh, right. Because that's one of those movies that it's extreme weather movie. I love that. Mm -hmm. Those kind of movies, you don't need an amazing plot because you're Mm -hmm. there for the extreme weather. And Mm -hmm. I really liked this. I had a feeling... Of familiarity all the way through it but I'm mm-hmm. in a way that I'm not sure if I have seen it before I mean it's 20 years old quite yeah. possibly I have mm-hmm. but everything I just it felt familiar but more like what was going on with the people and not really oh, any right. of the weather stuff and I'm like surely mm-hmm. I would remember the weather stuff and mm. like the water rushing down the streets and flooding yeah, yeah. everything and so i don't know if i have seen it before or not i'm counting it as a first time watch because mm-hmm. i can't be sure but yeah it's really fun i didn't mind it i actually did see that at the cinemas when it came out because i too am a massive disaster film fan um i i just thought uh i don't know the the all the disaster stuff in that film was a little underwhelming um, well i don't know i feel like after the floods we've had here in hmm. in the last 12 years or hmm. whatever i don't know i just find that stuff a bit more scary now and so when you just i don't yeah, know i right. just can put myself in those movies and imagine oh what if hmm. you're there in a building and there's this wall of water rushing yeah, down yeah. And it's getting cold and all of that stuff so that actually kind of got me mm-hmm. a bit tense some of those scenes just yeah thinking okay. about no, that's, being that's... stuck in that kind of situation yeah no that's fair enough look I, I you know if anything i'll watch the movie because emmy rossum is hot and uh i am a shallow superficial person so uh, uh i guess so <laughs> um well, well, you're speaking... on the right podcast <laughs> yeah yes exactly <laughs> um yeah and and, well speaking of jake gyllenhaal um so there was a movie that you and i were discussing uh which was source code Hmm. and i owned the blu-ray i had seen it before but i didn't remember it at all and but you remembered not being into it which which surprised me because i read the synopsis and i was like wow this sounds really cool i need to watch it right now yeah, and, and I, I read the synopsis and I was like, holy shit, this sounds like something I would love, you know. And I I, I forgot everything except of 
vague mental image of him standing outside of a train carriage like that was pretty much the only thing i could remember um so i rewatched it and yeah look i, I didn't mind i still wasn't massively into it um and i like i know it's got like a huge rating on rotten tomatoes and everything it was like a Does critical it? hit and stuff no. oh yeah it's um i think it had was it in the high 90s or the low what? 90s or i'm really surprised a movie like that would rate mid so high. 90s hang on i am looking at a 92 percent on rotten tomatoes wow. and reading the um you know consensus from critics and everything like they went bananas over this film i mean i i really liked it i thought it was a lot mm. of fun but i mean i gave it 3.5 it's mm. you know it's a good time but not amazing like yeah. I, I would buy it and have it in my collection and watch it again mm. but this 92 seems very well see the way i feel about it is that i would give you my copy because i probably don't (laughs) need to see it again um that's kind of like i gave it a three you know it was better than average that's for sure um but yeah i i can sort of already feel it starting to kind of you know flow from my memory banks a little bit but um uh yeah no i i did enjoy it a bit more the second time around i think but yeah. anyway, there you go. So that was one of the ones I watched. Hmm. I You'll be happy to hear I started on my X-Men journey, finally. Ooh, about time. It's only taken you 24 years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I did try to watch the entire first trilogy mm-hmm. um, before now to, mm-hmm. to, for completeness. Um, mm-hmm. But I only got to two of them because... Right, right. They're not quite exciting enough to make me go, oh, my God, I need to watch the next one. So I... There's a controversial statement if I ever heard one. Do you think they're super exciting? Yeah, I do. I Oh, yeah, but look, it might be because I've been on board these films since the first one came out in theatres, and it was huge. And it was... I I just remember a lot of things like, you know, it, it went against what we kind of expected from an x-men film because everyone was like oh you know the it's gonna have like the the blue and yellow uniforms like in the cartoons and comics and stuff no they came out with these black leather outfits it was like whoa this is kind of groundbreaking you know it um subverted people's expectations in a way and i don't know i as a product of its time it was truly remarkable um i mean did you 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 obviously you must have enjoyed the second one more than the first one surely yeah yeah because that is widely regarded as one of the greatest you know the, glow the ups first in terms one of sequels. i really loved the beginning where mm-hmm. rogue ends up at the bar and yep um hides in wolverine's trailer to mm-hmm. go with him and all that stuff but then they get to the school and normally i like the whole like you know characters finding their powers like the first harry potter mm. film like setting mm. up the world and they're coming in new and learning stuff and whatever but right. i don't know that the mo- okay take wolverine out because mm. he's like 50 times more interesting than anyone else <laughs> the rest of the movie was just kind of boring like none of the character other mm-hmm. characters really stood out as being that interesting and the big like climax of the film wasn't very 
exciting. I guess mm. it, I mean, it kind of was, but not overly. Whereas, yeah, this, the mm. second one had a more interesting story and yeah, um, the other characters. Well, like Storm in the first movie mm-hmm. didn't even really need to be there. Like she mm. didn't do much. I'm glad they gave her more in the second film to do. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard to argue with that point about Wolverine being that he's had three solo films, you know, based on that one character. And he's, you know, I mean, the the fanfare that accompanied his return to, uh, you know, Deadpool 3. Like, uh, so, yeah, it's impossible to deny that. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's actually a point that I've never really thought about before, but yeah, no, you, you, I, like I said, I can't argue. I'm going to be very interested in your take on the third one because, uh, as, as we have discussed, you know, that is a film that so many people criticized, in my opinion, way too unfairly. I really enjoyed the film, um, but that's because I am a hardcore DC fan, as you are, of course. Uh, and I had never read an X-Men comic in my entire life. I never watched the cartoon. And it seems to me a lot of the criticism for the third one was because uh, from hardcores who, you know, like, oh, that's not the way the characters are meant to go and all this sort of stuff. Uh, like, whereas, Yeah, I know, you know nothing. So mm, it's yeah, yeah. just a complete unknown for me. Mm. And I'm not even reading synopsis things or... Mm-hmm. people's reviews or ratings or anything for the rest of the movies going forward because I'm watching I'm watching them all so I don't yeah. need to know the stories and it's mm. kind of fun going and having absolutely no idea mm. what's going to happen except yeah. uh, as I just discovered from a pop culture email that just happened to come in two days after I watched the films <laughs> that I get to see Wolverine in 1973 and, yeah. uh, um, and I do love the 70s so I'm looking forward oh, to that yeah. and yet yeah, I'm 20 years too late or however long it's been but mm, mm. maybe have a new hottest male superhero mm. Yeah. Maybe I'm just thinking. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the other ones, but right, because right. he's got that whole grumpy, surly, mm. and he just and doesn't care about anything, and just you know, he's like, oh, I'm I'm gonna do this, and just goes off and. I don't care about anything, but I'm not grumpy and surly. I'm like, you know, a complete bumbling idiot. So well, but I, I like <laughs> I like that in my fictional characters, not, yeah, not, yeah, not yeah. my real life people. So <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, no, but I, I I really enjoyed the third one. I thought it had some terrific action sequences. I loved where the character of Jean Grey went. I know that's a controversial opinion. I don't care. It's my opinion. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I you're, just you're lucky that I knew that she wasn't actually dead. Well, they did hint at that at the end of the. Well, they one, made it so... really obvious. Yeah, exactly. He's that like, was looks out the hint. window and then like, I'm happy now. Yeah, and then yeah. The, whatever the thing phoenix was at the end. on the water. Now yeah, that's what yeah. it was. I was like, was, I yeah. can't tell what that is. It's something. Right, right. Something there. Um, but no, the, the, the next trilogy, yeah, that starts in the sixties and, uh, goes on like, oh man, they're brilliant films. They are so good and so tonally different from the first trilogy. You know, I like that they didn't just keep rehashing the same films over and over again kind of thing. They, um, uh, yeah, they really mixed it up and, and did 
a lot of different things and and yeah i i appreciated it but, and i uh, will be watching everything in release order so um, good idea be some time until i get to the deadpool films oh not it. quite the end but, but yeah i know the end. No, that's that's fine <laughs> uh that's all right it, it builds the excitement for for the new one yes that is absolutely true uh, is, but, is that out at the end of this year what deadpool or, 3 yeah no that's it, out in like a couple of months time or so like is it? I, I can't remember the exact Ooh. date off the top of my head but that's exciting it's very soon so yeah mm. you need to just go away i'll handle the rest of the podcast <laughs> you go and keep watching x-men films i'll just pretend i know what your thoughts are on the main films we're going to be talking about and uh actually i'll just go grab bongo that's um, <laughs> that's something i can do no not really um but speaking of exciting I was hugely excited to sit Kylie down and show her. Now, I know technically this isn't a movie, but it kind of is because it's a three-part miniseries which puts together into like one three-hour film. But um, I showed her the BBC version of And Then There Were None. Um, Now, I have a history with this story. I once, I, I don't know why, I think it was back in the 90s, I picked up the book, which wasn't called And Then There Were None. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was, it was... I, um, it's a rather naughty it title. called Ten Little... Uh, mm, it's a word that starts with N. Uh, and if you're a South Park fan, all I'll say is it's not Naggers. Uh, that's all I'll say. Uh, then the title was changed to 10 Little Indians. Of course, you know, that's, no, you can't have that. Anyway, it eventually became, and then there were none. So I picked up the book when it was 10 Little, uh, and I read this thing and it instantly became not so much the best book I'd ever read. It was the best story I'd ever read. Um... Ten strangers, pretty much, are invited to this mansion on an island out in the middle of off the English coast. And when they get there over dinner one night, and it's such a chilling scene, um, uh, someone plays a record which uh, has a voice that announces that they're all guilty of a crime and they will be punished accordingly and stuff. Anyway, in everybody's room... There's a nursery rhyme which basically goes well. They changed it to soldier boys instead of <laughs> boys, um, but it was like uh, ten little soldier boys went out to dine. One choked his little self, and then there were nine. Nine little soldier boys stayed up very late. One overslept himself, and then there were eight. So, and it keeps going down, you know, down and down and down until you know. Then there was one, and then there were none, and it's um, but everyone starts getting murdered according to the rhyme so uh i can say it without saying who the characters are so the first character who dies uh drinks a poisoned drink unknowingly and you know so that's according to the one choke his little self um there's another character who they wake up in the morning to find that she's passed away in her sleep you know and so that's the one overslept himself Mm. and it is so goddamn clever and you know, because you you know the nursery rhyme early in the book, and so you know it's this kind of fun thing about like 
how is the next person going to die, you know? Um, and some of them are fiendishly clever. The ending is so dark. I mean, it it's not a spoiler because the movie is called And Then There Were None. Like, <laughs> you know, it's... um. Yeah, it is really, really dark and disturbing and everything. Anyway, there's been a ton of film versions uh, in the past and some of them got it right, some of them didn't. One of them... Oh, one of them had the nerve to have the final two characters form an alliance to try and determine who the actual killer was and they go off and find out who the killer is and, you know, save the day and live happily ever after. It's like, how can you do that? Mm. Um whereas you know uh yeah so this one they got they got it mostly right uh and i am such a fan of it and kylie is actually now reading the book as well because um she was that engrossed in the story and of course the book is better now i noticed that you had also seen this bbc series and you'd given it a four out of five once upon a time do you remember much of it no <laughs> well, it was a go. long time ago. I I don't right, remember right. a lot of the details now. I just I yeah. know obviously I remember that I really liked it, but mm. yeah, it, it was quite some time ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, I so, to me the the novel is a horror story. Like you know, there's a scene where uh, kind of the main character, if you will, like she there's the story is largely told through her eyes. Um, she was accused of, of, uh, leaving a young boy to drown when he was in her care. And there's a scene where she walks into her bedroom, uh, and it's in the dark and she feels his cold hand on her neck and screams and everything. And someone has just draped a wet piece of seaweed from the ceiling and it's touched her, you know, and I like all of that stuff. I'm just like, that's chilling, you know, in the, in this film or miniseries version, um that that scene was done incredibly well it was full-on horror you know she's in her room the audience sees the ghost of cyril back in the background behind her she doesn't and then she's leaning over the sink and all of a sudden cyril's hand comes up and grabs her by the throat from the sink and i'm just like man that that was actually a moment that was i thought was done better than the book you know there were a few instances where things were better than the book but um yeah look i i implore people to check that out um it is just it is an absolute masterpiece it's from 2015 uh i don't know where you can track it down i don't know if it's streaming anywhere i don't actually think it is but um order the dvd go buy it enjoy it if everything i've just said sounds appealing you will love it so there you go <laughs> mic drop yeah <laughs> So what else have you been seeing? Uh, well, I watched a few of the most highly regarded films of last year slash this year, depending where you live. Neil um, Green? No. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. I'm sure you are surprised. I actually am. <laughs> wow. All right. uh, I watched The Zone of Interest. Um, ah, yes, which I am also interested in. <laughs> yeah. And what did yeah. you think of that? I, I quite liked it. I did not think mm. it it's the masterpiece that a lot of people do, Ooh. but I mean, that does happen quite a bit. Yeah. And, and movies get overhyped. I don't know. I guess I don't mm. have the same taste as a lot of people, but um, yeah, yeah. it was really interesting, just the whole nature of it, that it's just following this family and that they rigged up 
cameras and microphones throughout the house rather than mm -hmm. like shooting like a traditional movie. So right, right. Um, they're just walking around doing their thing mm -hmm. and sometimes not sure when the scenes ended. And oh, okay. there'd, there'd be That's like a director's assistant would be in there, same cut mm -hmm. or whatever, because everyone else was outside looking at mm. things but yeah, yeah so yeah. i think just the nature of the film that it's just sort of following the family going about their mm. their everyday lives just yeah. didn't really hit for me like i remember i watched a movie which uh i should have looked up but i forgot that oh, I, th what? I thought it thought about mentioning it because i watched Listen this to you clicking away i watched this german film years mm. back uh because it it had my favorite German actor in it, and I caught it at the German I, Film Festival. I watched a German film once as well, and that's where the number 137 came from. Uh, should I talk about that while you're... No. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was... Uh, so this movie was called... And while Frankie is uh, looking for this movie, I'll be here to entertain you. Uh, here's a joke. Um... What do you get when you cross a dyslexic with an atheist and an insomniac? Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Someone who lies awake in bed at night wondering if there really is a dog. Uh, are you still looking? No, I was waiting for you to finish that. Because oh. <laughs> that's the only joke I know anyway. Uh, uh, so go for th it. This movie's called Mein Kampf, obviously. Oh, and right. it's, Based it's on a famous like uplifting a, book. a parody of Hitler. Pretty much. Ah, right. But even though it's a parody and about how, you know, he got rejected from art school and, and mm. all that stuff and following him, but it then sort of switches to a more serious thing. And I remember at the end is following these like two old men in, in one of the camps and mm. and follows them, you know, walking to their death at the end. Right. right. And so that hits you, mm. obviously. Yeah. And you've just been laughing at this kind of parody type movie and then you get that. And so it yeah. just really, you know, then you're like, don't cry, don't cry about to walk out of the cinema and mm. be surrounded by people and yeah. all of that kind of thing. Whereas zone of interest just ended. Didn't oh, really, okay. it didn't have the, I mean, I guess if you thought about it and mm. there, there is some stuff that, you know, they don't show you anything, but you can mm. hear stuff. So you can kind of use your oh, imagination, okay. but hmm. it just, it didn't hit hard. And there's mm. a weird thing at the end that I won't say, obviously, mm. that just, I don't know if that was meant to be that hard hit that just mm. didn't. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, okay. good, good film worth watching, but... Uh, I was just a little disappointed, as mm. I was with the Iron Claw. <laughs> ah, wow! Because yeah. this this is like horror world gone mainstream, where mm. a horror movie comes out and you see all these people talking online, and they're like, "Oh, this this is so scary! It's got such mm. really scary scenes," or like you know terrifier too where people are throwing up and all yeah, of this and yeah. so you're like oh wow this is actually going to be an amazing horror movie and then you go yeah. see it and you're like uh, uh yeah it's a horror movie but it's not <laughs> like one of these out of the ordinary super scary ones and the iron claw mm. everyone hyped it up so much as being so sad 
and mm. making people weep and everything. Mm -hmm. And so I was avoiding everything that I could apart from one reviewer who talked about seeing it blind and then dropped a spoiler in one line that he could have mm. left out. So I kind of knew some stuff that was coming, but it's, it kind of is a film in two halves because I know I was about 50 minutes in and I messaged you and Nobbins and said, this, this not doing that mm. much for me. Yeah. And then just after I said that, I felt the mood change in the movie and I was like, mm. okay, here we go. Hit me with it. And then it didn't. I think <laughs> it had so much stuff it wanted to show you that it had no choice but to kind of just glide over everything and be like, this happened and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened. And mm. so you didn't really have enough connection to the characters right, to, right. to overly care. Um, mm. Zac Efron is obviously the main character that you follow. Mm. And so you're more connected to him, but the, the rest, not really. Okay. And there was one scene that I've actually seen reviews that people really hated that scene and thought it was stupid. Oh. But there was one scene that got me mm -hmm. and um, I'm waiting for you to watch it so I can tell you what scene it is. Oh, look, you may as well. I mean, the whole film was already spoiled I, I, for no, me I, by <laughs> Nobbins, who thought that I had seen it. And so when he was chatting with us, he proceeded to dump an entire bunch of stuff about basically the fates of all the characters. Yeah. And I'm just like, wait, dude, you realize I haven't seen it yet. And he's like, oopsies. That was, that was the exact word was oopsies. And then, <laughs> then he proceeded to go and delete the messages, which was the most pointless thing because I had already read them. I mean, deleting messages does not actually erase them from the reader's hey, mind. I will say though, I don't know what you saw because the messages were deleted by the time I came back to the chat. But, yeah. Um, I did know kind of, mm. um, I didn't know specifically each thing, but I knew the fate of more than one mm. and it, still it's still good to watch even if you know i mean you're kind of waiting for it because you know it's coming but yeah. i mean at the same time you kind of know something's coming because everyone talks about what a sad tragic film it is so yeah. i uh, just thought that was because he lost a uh, lost a wrestling match i mean you know that can be pretty heartbreaking like uh, you know I, I saw Stone Cold Steve Austin once, you know, back in 1998. He lost a title, and I saw the heartbreak in that man's eyes. I, I was just like, man, that's... I almost wept, but, uh, yeah, I'm rambling. But, yeah, it, it was interesting. <laughs> like, uh, Zac Efron obviously was good. I agree with people's chatter about him mm -hmm. and should have been up for some awards for that. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jeremy Allen White was good. I know him from The Bear, which is the show that's taking me 50 million years to watch because yeah. <laughs> it's so stressful. And there's a couple of normal episodes, but most of them that I've seen so far are mm -hmm. quite stressful. And quite often I am like, 
I don't feel strong enough to watch an episode of this <laughs> because it just the, when I first started it, I I had to watch some of the episodes in like three parts, and they're only like mm. twenty or thirty minute episodes because right. I just couldn't handle. There's lots of yelling and high pressure, and and I'm just like, nope, nope, that's mm. just too much. This my anxiety nut, but <laughs> I keep going back to it because it's really good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then yeah. the other film I watched connected to The Bear because mm-hmm. um, I also watched Bottoms finally because ah. thanks to Nobbins again. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> he, just getting he alerted a massive us rap to this. the fact that it had come on to Amazon Prime recently. Yeah. So I went so... to watch it. And that has, I'm going to get this name wrong, Io Atterbury, who Ayo. is also from The Bear. And mm-hmm. it was really interesting because I've only seen her in that and her character in Bottoms is quite different. Mm. So, um, but yeah, this was so much fun. I, mm. I, I worry about comedies as always because mm. it depends on the type of humor. But well, yeah. It's really cool to have these kind of movies coming back, mm-hmm. like comedies. And this, I feel like there's been less comedies mm. around and getting like theatrical yeah. releases. I mean, this wasn't overly widely mm. in cinemas but it made it no. there yeah so yeah. that's something but yeah it, it took me a while to get on board with this because i didn't really know anything about it except you know people were saying it's like you know the return of sex comedies like american mm. pie kind of thing mm. and so and it was set in high school and that's all mm. i knew and so when i started watching it threw me a bit because it's i was expecting reality and it's the kind of movie that it's not really reality but it's reality for them so everything seems normal for them but it's a bit weird but once Mm. i got on board with that and just went with it yeah it's arrived so it's these two girls who are pj and josie Mm -hmm. and uh they start a fight club right it's kind (laughs) of they're trying to get out of trouble with the Mm. principal so then they talk about this fight club Mm-hmm. And it being, you know, for girls to to get together and solidarity and self-defense mm. and all of that. But really it's because they have crushes on these hot cheerleaders. And so <laughs> they, you know, they want to hook up with these cheerleaders. So right, they figure right. if they bring them into the club, they'll, mm. that will happen. And so, um, yeah, there's all these stories like that they were in juvie and... Mm. so they they learn to fight there and all of this and so they get caught and you know they've got the web of lies that they Mm want to try and get out of but just the all the girls coming together and learning to fight and there's like the football team and the rival football team that are going to have a showdown so there's all this stuff going on and it's just Mm. you got to watch it it's really fun well i i i started to i (laughs) um but yeah i started to at the worst possible time because i i'm one of these people that likes to uh fall asleep to watching a movie or a tv show or something like that 99 percent of the time of course i will pick a movie that i have seen ten thousand times before because you know you're familiar with it you know you don't have to really sort of focus too much and everything I'm laying there one night, I'm scrolling through, and then I saw Bottoms, and I was like, oh, Nobbins mentioned that one. Nobbins again. My God. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this episode is brought to you by Nobbins. Um, and I I don't know, I sort of thought, like, yeah, I could do kind of a, you know, light comedy film sort of a thing. And so 
I started watching I don't know how far I got into it. It was probably only about 10 minutes or something, but uh, it wasn't really grabbing me. But that is nothing on the movie. That is solely on me because... I think, too, that if you only watched that much, that's not enough because it... Oh, yeah. Once it gets going, it Mm. just takes off and it's quite violent and yeah yeah no I, i'd like to give it a, a proper go because I, I i think i stopped it and put mr bean on or something um but yeah no i, I definitely um i definitely want to want to give that a proper go at some point and and highlight to the teacher of the class who who mm. becomes the advisor for the group he he was fun oh okay um, but I noticed earlier you uh, you used the phrase "web of lies," um, <laughs> uh, and and that caught my attention because I thought perhaps this could be a good segue into a movie that I also watched uh, over the last couple of weeks. Now, um, for those of you out there who are completely unfamiliar with who the hell we are, um, on my YouTube channel, I, I'm going to condense this story into the smallest nutshell I possibly can. Um, there was one day I was getting really bored with reviewing bad movies because there's just no energy in reviewing bad movies. You just kind of sit there like... Uh, this movie was directed by such and such and it has cinematography and there was music in it and the performances were shit and bleh. Whereas when you review a good movie, it's like, oh my God, I can't wait to talk about this movie. Are you spitting your drink out? Oh boy. Wow. Whoopsie days. Oh man. If you guys could see this right now, this is brilliant. She's actually trying not to spit out a drink and I love it. Oh, wow. This is the, this was the episode where I broke Frankie. Okay. Um, Good thing we're audio only. Well, yeah. I mean, I've just painted a picture for everybody out there. So, um, uh, yeah. So I had this monkey puppet named Bongo. I thought, you know what? This could be fun. I bought a little baby-sized Hawaiian shirt uh, for him off eBay and dressed him up and sat down and, you know, put on a stupid voice and started doing, you know, bongo movie reviews. He he reviews bad movies, but from the perspective that they're amazing, that they are just the greatest things ever. Now, through the course of this, um, at one point he reviewed the Fifty Shades films and he became obsessed with Dakota Johnson, or as he refers to her, North Dakota Johnson, because he gets everybody's name stupidly wrong. Um, so Bongo became way more popular than I have ever been. Uh, he now fronts his own band that has an album on Spotify. He has sold more merch than I ever could dream of doing. Uh, he, he is a thing. So being that a new Dakota Johnson film was out, uh, being, of course, Madam Web, uh, I thought, you know, it's just not going to be right if Bongo doesn't review this film. Now, being that, you know, Bongo can't get to the cinemas on his own and stuff, of course, I have to kind of chaperone him. Um, so I, 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 I saw Madam Web, which, uh, if anyone out there is living under a rock, is a film that um, has been universally 
trashed by fans and critics and even the people who worked on the film uh, <laughs> trying to come up with excuses. Uh, Kylie told me uh, today or yesterday, I don't know when it was, um, that apparently Dakota Johnson herself is actually trying to blame the crew and everyone, you know, for her performance or whatever. I'm just like... Oh, that's not cool. Yeah, it has turned into the biggest disaster. Um, and I... I've, I, You know, look, I, I thought, look, I'll, I'll check it out. Maybe I might find something. Because let's face it, Morbius was absolutely trashed by everyone. It became an internet joke. You and I went and saw it. And we enjoyed it. And hmm, it's a good time. It is a good time, and I still enjoy it. People were, you know, absolutely laughing at uh, Matt Smith doing the, you know, shirtless dance scene. Oh, that and stuff. was amazing. Like, I like, loved that. Like, what's wrong with it? I don't know. It, um, it had interesting characters. I thought the effects were pretty cool. Like, the, I don't know. I dug Morbius. I own it on Blu-ray. I've seen it a couple of times now, so take that, internet. Um, this time round... I completely agree with what everybody <laughs> has said. It, oh man, I don't even know where to begin. It, um, it was an annoying film. There's not a lot of films out there that annoy me. Uh, but this one did through the mesmerizingly bad performances. Uh, every single actor in this thing was terrible. Like just you know, turned up on set to read some lines and then went home. Um, the editing gave me a headache. It was, you know how they do that thing in the Saw films, you know, where like uh, they, they sort of do all these really quick cuts, like, you know, shum, 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 you know, this had scenes that just did that over and over and over again, you know. Um, it, it, you know, there were some parts that were filmed from, like several different angles and they would use every single shot like rather than just picking say the two best ones or whatever um they would choose absolutely everything to throw into a scene um it the story was bland the dialogue was atrocious there was there was barely anything that i really could say that i enjoyed about it i mean it was brief, I guess. Like that's that's one thing. Um, Bongo, of course, loved it. Uh, here's a review on my YouTube channel, Movie Talk with Dan Jensen. If you'd like to go along and see a different perspective on the film, um, but yeah, I did that... watch the the pitch meeting video, which mm. um, was very enlightening of like I some of the actually, plot things. Uh, yeah, I. I normally Ryan George is so on the money with these things. I actually think he could have gone deeper into that film and like probably touched on on some more things, but um, yeah, maybe he was just in shock at how utterly atrocious it was. So, but... how would you rate it on our scale, mm -hmm. Madam Web? Yeah, we have, we have two scales. Mm -hmm. Or Licorice Pizza. Oh, the licorice pizza scale. Oh, well, okay, yeah, this is the first scale. I, I know where this is going. <laughs> um, oh, oh, look, I'm going to go with Madam Webb because Ooh. licorice pizza was just flat out boring. Uh, apologies to people out there who enjoyed the film. Um, as I always say, I wish I could be you. Like, I, I want to like every film that is out there. I'm not you know criticizing anyone who enjoyed that film 
just for us personally, we freaking hated it. Um, yeah, uh, Madam Web though was kind of laughably bad. You know what I mean? It is actually one of those films that you could get together with a group of friends, throw it on, probably get a couple of drinks inside you, and just sit there shaking your head through this thing. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd lean towards Madam Web in in that respect over Licorice Pizza. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, what was well the the other scales are relevant mm. because yeah because it already won against Licorice Pizza. So. It did. It did. I'd rather well. Bo is afraid seemed to go for 10 hours and I have no <laughs> fucking clue what happened at the end of that film. At least with Madam Web, it 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 had a coherent story, mostly. Uh, so at least there's that. Um, yeah, I, I can't even... Look, I, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there who think Dakota Johnson is, like, you know, stupidly hot and stuff. I can't get on board that theory because she's such a fucking terrible actress and she seems like a stupid person in every interview that I've seen. And I know there are people out there who defend that and go, oh my God, that Dakota Johnson, she's such a laugh. <laughs> no, um, look, if you find stupidity funny, like by all means, well, you know, it's probably why you're laughing at me right now. Um, but no, I, I find her incredibly annoying. Um, Sydney Sweeney irritates me. She's one of those people that just has a face that I want my cat to claw. Um, <laughs> I no, look, she is quite possibly the loveliest person on the planet. Sydney Sweeney, if you are listening to this podcast right now, because you know we have a lot of celebrity fans out there. Hey, Ted Pryor, uh, if you're listening to this, like you are possibly a saint. Um, but you have a face that makes me want to vomit. Uh, I don't know. There's just, you know, there are people out there. You're looking at me weird right now. Yeah. I just, I I know what you mean about there's people, like I have certain actors that I just can't stand to look at and I try to avoid their movies unless, Mm. you know, it seems really interesting or whatever, Mm -hmm. but they don't make me want to vomit. Oh, look, all right. Maybe I'm exaggerating for comedic effect <laughs> yeah. here. Um, yeah, and I know there are people who are maybe listeners going, oh my God, that's a bit harsh. I'm going to turn this off right now. I'm just having a big old joke, okay? Mm. Her face does bother me, but yeah, it's fine. I, I can let it go. Look, I, on the flip side, there are probably a ton of people out there who look at me and go, oh my God, his face makes me want to vomit. Um, and so that's fine, you know, like I'm, I'm totally cool with that. I wake up in the morning, I look in the mirror and I want to vomit. So, you know, this, there you go. Um, but anyway, look, well, Madam Webb, believe the hype. It is an absolute freaking train wreck of a film. Um, but there are worse films out there. So, yeah. Speaking of bad films. Yes. I watched one called Progeny, which was so bad Ooh. my DVD stopped working oh, when, wow. when there was 20 minutes left. <laughs> but luckily ah, it was okay. on YouTube so I could yeah. finish it because those last 20 minutes were the best 20 minutes of the film, which is mm-hmm. not saying much. But yeah. this was part of my – remember how last year I watched The Exorcist 3? And I do remember that was completely obsessed with Brad Dourif's performance and so decided I needed to see every other film that he's done, even though he doesn't 
perform like that in every other film. Yeah, I, I remember it well because all I heard about for several months was uh, Brad Dourif this and Brad Dourif that. And yeah. Yeah, well, you can enjoy Jake Gyllenhaal this year. <laughs> so, thanks, prisoners. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, I, yeah, this this was a stack. I bought a bunch of cheap movies from eBay and this was mm-hmm. one of them. And it was about a couple who have an alien encounter one mm. night while they're having sex. And mm-hmm. As you do. Um, they, they just lose two hours and then he Ooh. he goes under hypnosis to, to remember that it was aliens. And right. then next thing, his wife's pregnant. Oh. And um, it's alien baby. Mm. And Brad Dourif is the, the alien abduction expert that the guy, <laughs> the guy's an ER doctor. And mm. so he calls him in because the, you know, er- everyone's just saying it, it didn't happen. And he's been weird and his wife is fine, even though weird stuff happens at the ultrasound and stuff. Mm. Maybe this is a good one for Kylie. <laughs> I'm just thinking to myself, there's a lot of what you're describing right now that actually uh, hits pretty close to home at this stage in life. But um, especially with aliens yeah. and weirdness. But yeah. Um, but it, it kind of, I mean, you, Brad Dourif does wear under his suit it's probably a vest, I don't know, because mm. he doesn't take his jacket off, but mm. a very lovely, cosy knit, like V-neck sweater thingy. So okay. that, that's that's one one of the nice things in the film. That that so, is actually what you took away from this film yeah. was was a yeah. He, he walked in, and I was yeah. like, okay. "Ooh, that's a nice, cosy sweater." <laughs> right, but um, right. I, I I don't know. Do you want spoilers? Does anyone oh, care if I spoil this I, Look, I don't think this is the kind of movie that people like, okay. what are we going to watch tonight? Oh, you know, let's have a look where Progeny is streaming <laughs> or, you know, can we download um, it from somewhere? Because the, or... the last 20 minutes, he, mm-hmm. so he goes to Brad Dourif, I can't remember his name, and, he, and he's like, um, I, I, I'm an ER doctor, mm-hmm. so I, I'm going to take my wife to this because um, the wife's going a bit crazy because the, mm. the alien baby is controlling her. And well, yeah. so she gets put in a psych ward. Mm. And the so the guy gets her with Brad Dourif, takes her to this room in the ER that's mm. it's, it's nighttime, so it's empty, mm. locks yeah. them in, and um, Brad Dourif is filming because he wants to get his, like, proof of alien life. Mm-hmm. And so he starts doing... Um, knocks out the wife and is like, I'm going to cut this baby out, do it, oh. like, um, to get rid of it, like, mm. because it's an alien baby. Of and, course. And then he's saying to his wife, you know, oh, don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll do it so you can, you know, you can have another one later and all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then he realizes that the alien can control stuff, like, um, mm-hmm. short out the machines and everything. And, and so he's like, Oh, the the video that Brad Dourif showed him, this like dodgy Russian thing that was the closest thing they had to proof, mm. um, was the, the alien came out because the woman died. So he's like, okay, I'm going to kill my wife. And so that the alien comes out because it had burrowed and attached to her spine. Mm. And so he's like, I'm going to do that. And then I'll bring her back after three minutes once we've got the alien out. Right, right. But what? And and Brad Dourif is like freaking out. He's like, "No, you you killing her? I'm out of here." So he mm. takes off, and yeah, he's saved from mm. 
the rest of the movie. But yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> then what happens? He, the alien comes out, does its alien thing. As they do. And and everyone else has figured out what's going on by then, so they're coming to break into the room to get her. Mm. And then they open the door, find him there, and his wife is dead and stone cold <gasps> because the aliens did their alien thing, and so it mm. was like half an hour later rather than Ooh, the three, three minutes, minutes that oh. he needed to bring her back. So he oh goes to jail, goodness. and mm. then the aliens beam him up at the end. <laughs> wow. Why? Who knows? Yeah. And the, the alien creature effects were done. Oh, what was the guy? His name was like Screaming Mad George, I think. Oh, okay. The guy yeah. who did the alien effects. And they looked pretty cool at the end. Like, you don't get to mm. see a lot. But yeah, yeah that, that was the longest 90 minutes. Mm. Yeah, the, just, just hearing you describe that, that was the longest 90 minutes for me as well. <laughs> Hang on, wait a minute. What? That's only been a, fu- a few minutes. Wow. Um, but yeah. I, I'll finish with... Uh, another Jake Gyllenhaal film because I then watched Nightcrawler. Finally, Ah, I I tried to watch it all week and I kept having Mm -hmm. games nights and something else that took my nights away. Mm -hmm. And so I finally watched it on the weekend and Mm -hmm. I did not know Jake Gyllenhaal could be so creepy. Oh, yeah. No, that... Is an amazing film, that one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't really know what... I actually must have mixed it up a bit with Zodiac in my head because I I had in my head that it was some kind of, like... Well, I guess not really, but, like, about a reporter, but I thought it was just Mm -hmm. a bit more, like, normal reporter chasing a story, not the whole filming Mm -hmm. and setting stuff up and all Mm -hmm. of the things that it is. And that it would be such a weird and creepy Mm. character but yeah the the kind though that like he kind of made my skin crawl i've never like it's so rare to get a character like like god yeah but he's still so fascinating and so Mm -hmm. as the movie's going along and it's getting darker and darker the more you Mm. like are following him and what Mm -hmm. he's doing yeah but it's still so fascinating. But I actually felt a bit unsettled when it finished because right, right. Just, oh, that's it good. was so yeah, so mm. full on and yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. that was really cool. So I'm glad that I finally watched mm. that. It's been on my list for a million years because everyone keeps yeah. talking about it. And Riz yeah. Ahmed. It took me a while to recognize him because oh, okay. I haven't seen him in something when he was that young. So right. <laughs> I just think of like Sound of Metal and I'm mm. like, so yeah, it took me a second. And then I was like, wait, wait, that was his name in the opening credits. That's him. <laughs> so that was oh, cool. That was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Now look, it's it's been a very long time since I've seen it. I do own it on Blu-ray and I, I yeah, I remember most of it. And I, but I, I mostly remember how the film made me feel and how much I enjoyed it. But um, I've definitely got to give it a, a rewatch. Um, well, the only other, like, yeah, like I said, I've not watched much. Um, I did finally finish my, uh, watching of the three Tomb Raider films with, uh, Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life that came out in 2003. And, uh, I mean, you know, it's better than Madam Webb at least, like there's <laughs> that, but that was, it was, it was look, it was marginally better than the initial, like the very first Tomb Raider from 2001. 
Uh, it kind of went, you know, a little bit into darker territory, but at the end of the day, it still has a scene where Lara Croft punches a shark in the face and then rides it to the surface of the water. Like, you you know, uh, yeah. It, um, it was just another one of those where they just dropped the ball. I mean, it's no wonder that that was the last of that particular you know ilk of tomb raider films until they did the recent you know gritty reboot which uh yeah but i don't know it's just it's just weird to me that it is a, a character and a franchise that they can't bring out an a truly brilliant film you know it mm. just doesn't make sense to me it's um yeah but anyway i, I don't really have much to say about the film mm um the the last yeah. one i have is that i rewatched dune last night because ah, well, that's we appropriate. are going to see the part two tomorrow night at the mm. premiere so i wanted to have it fresh in my mind mm. and i actually haven't seen it since at the cinema mm-hmm. so i i was a little worried because i remember at the cinema it was such a big sound experience Mm. we were at the cinema with the best sound around here Mm -hmm. that i've been to and so i was a little bit worried about that but i did not need to be because it still sounded so amazing in my room and yeah it's weird because it's kind of like a setup movie and if you Mm -hmm. explain the plot of it it's there's not a lot Mm -hmm. but it's still completely captivating Mm. the whole time yeah, so yeah. It's yeah. and um and tell me what what was what was special about that screening of Dune that we went to uh, <laughs> back in the day. I think did we mention this already? But I don't know. But that was the first time we met in person. See, this was a test because the real answer was the fact that we had Kyle McLaughlin sitting in the audience with us. Uh, well, um, that was just a bonus. But the fact that you picked me, Kyle <laughs> McLaughlin, like I, you know what? I'm I'm a little bit humbled. Like. You know, if, if you had said, oh, because we got to see it with Kyle McLaughlin, I'd be like, bingo, that was it. But if you had said, you know, that was the first time that we went to a premiere and the first time we met in person and everything, I'd be like, oh. So, yeah, either way you win. But you won even more by saying that. Um, yeah, look, I, because I've been so far behind in my movie watching and all this, I am hoping that I'll get to watch the first one again tonight because... Yeah, I I really enjoyed that chapter one or where part one um, a lot more than I thought I was going to because the 1984 version I saw that once when I was a kid and it bored the absolute bejesus out of me <laughs> um, and so I remember going to you know part one a couple of years ago and I think I only went because you were interested if i remember correctly (laughs) and i thought okay like you know at least i you know get to finally meet you um and yeah i actually walked away from that thing thinking to myself wow that was actually a really cool film and it's the first time i've seen a movie with kyle mclaughlin um so yeah and of course this second one debuted at 98 percent on rotten tomatoes i mean look it's sunk all the way down to 97 now so (laughs) Is it that good? Time will tell. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I, I am, look, I tell you what, I'm actually really excited to find out what future Dan and future Frankie think of this film. So shall we jump into our time machine and go forward 
24 hours and, and find out exactly what future Dan and future Frankie have to say about it. Sounds good. All right. Over to you, future Dan and future Frankie. Wow. Thanks for that, past Dan and Frankie. I hope you guys are having fun living back in yesterday while we're living it up and, and, and having fun in the future. Anyway, um, yes, we, we have just gone and seen Dune Part 2. Uh, big thanks to Universal for having us along for the premiere. Um, and yeah, that was that was something. What, what, what did you think of it? Well, I think I liked it more than you did. Uh, a lot of people might have liked it more. No, um, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I have a lot of things to say about it. But look, in general, um, yeah, for me, I, I just, I don't know. I went into this knowing that, you know, so many people had sung high praises of it. And I, I was a little bored. And it... I didn't hate it. I mean, you obviously quite enjoyed it from the looks of things. Well, I I thought it kind of followed on from the first one in that there was the visuals and everything and the sound and everything was so good. Mm -hmm. And there, there were some sort of lesser parts to it, but I think everything else made up for it enough that it was still a really good time. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I thought the visuals sound everything like on a technical level. Yeah, it, it was superb. But uh, story wise, it just uh, it just didn't hit the mark for me. But um, not only is this going to make for a very interesting debate on the car ride home, um, and I promise I won't throw you out. But uh, look, I think we probably have a lot more that we need to talk about this. So uh, how about... Mm, Oh, I was just going to say my, my main sort of takeaway from it at the moment is that Austin Butler kind of stole the show. Oh, there's no doubt. He looked incredible. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. There's a lot of things I did like about it, but uh, this is going to make for a, a more in-depth discussion. So I think maybe... Uh, we should devote an entire episode to this and I think moving forward we should every time we come to one of these premieres we should uh, maybe do a, like a review episode so um, yeah all right well we'll throw it back over to past Dan and Frankie those jerks uh, and um, yeah we'll, we'll go and uh, do an episode so stay tuned on social media and whatnot we'll have a review episode up as soon as we can um just so we can cash in on those clicks and stuff but uh yeah and talk about it without being vague and just go spoiler mode oh yes yes we will go full spoiler with this one so uh yeah thank you very much dan and frankie over back to you <laughs> oh those two i can't believe that that's what they had to say about june part two can you very surprising. I know, I know. I, I particularly didn't expect that comment from you when you said that thing that you said. But uh, yeah, very insightful I'm full analysis. Full of surprises. You sure are. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness me. Um, all right. Well, I think it might be time to zip over to the next segment where we uh, talk about the uh, the main films. What do you reckon? Yeah, let's go. All right, and uh, so our big segue here, of course, is that uh, Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life, was directed by Jan de Bont, and we're going to go over to one of Jan de Bont's better films, Speed! Speed! <laughs> 
Now, Frankie, if I if I say to you, because this is the thing, I I learned my lesson from past mistakes. So if I was to say to you, where were you the first time you saw Speed? <laughs> Am I just going to get that look from you? Uh, you know, just like, uh, I don't know what I did yesterday, let alone where I was back no, in 1994. I, I can tell you because Ooh. I actually... I feel really bad saying this. Uh-oh. I actually did not see Speed until the 3rd of September 2022. And you call yourself a movie fan. Really? <laughs> I don't know wow. how, unless I saw bits of it, like, mm-hmm. in the 90s mm-hmm. or whatever, but I don't remember actually watching it. And when I watched it in 2022, like, I didn't, mm. like, it felt like a new movie besides yeah. you know obviously i've seen bits and pieces around just because mm. it's a huge movie but it yeah. is a huge movie but uh, to any of those other people who have no idea what the film is so of course it's a 1994 action freaking blockbuster starring keanu reeves jeff daniels dennis hopper sandra bullock uh ferris bueller's best friend um who was of course played by the amazing alan ruck uh and it is about a mad bomber who has put a bomb on a bus if the uh speed of the bus goes over 50 miles per hour which for all the australian listeners out there is 80.467 kilometers per hour let's just run it down to 80 yeah look I've, i've done my research sister um yeah, it will activate a bomb on the bus if the speed then falls below 80.467 kilometers <laughs> per hour, 50 miles per hour. Um, it is going to detonate. It is going to blow up. And uh, so Keanu Reeves uh, plays a cop, of course, um, and uh, he finds his way onto the bus. And through a series of circumstances, Sandra Bullock's character has to wind up driving the bus and... They've got to keep it above 50 miles per hour. And as you can imagine, that is not easy in downtown LA where there is traffic and there is all sorts of other obstacles and and mayhem ensues and excitement happens and audiences pee their pants and uh, everyone has a good time. So yeah, that's essentially what the film is about. Um, So what are your thoughts on it? Like, you know. Well, I I was surprised watching it Um, and probably was the first time too, that Mm -hmm. the bus stuff actually happens later and it starts Mm. with a bomb in a lift in a high-rise building. Mm -hmm. So um, that's like the setup of the meeting the bomber and Mm. uh, Keanu Reeves and Jeff Daniels doing their thing to rescue Mm -hmm. people and try and disarm the bomb and everything. And Mm. um, it's a pretty good intro to them. I like the setup of the, they're just like, hey, this is our job. We're just going to go do this really dangerous stuff, this just mm-hmm. everyday farce. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I really like Keanu Reeves in this, as this character. Mm-hmm. I think he's like one of the coolest characters. Oh, yeah. Look, this whole movie is so goddamn cool. Like, mm. um, I mean, you know, that, that was the time. I was so blessed to be working in a cinema when this film came out. I remember the excitement the hype you know <laughs> like it it was real you know and that that's one of the things i hate about you know how streaming has become such a big thing and how cinema is you know kind of not totally dying but it doesn't have that same 
excitement that it did in the 90s but we'll talk about it later but um you know this was one of those movies that it was cool because it 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 knew that it was cool like it, you know the the dialogue was unrealistic but it was quotable mm. the amount of times in the 90s uh that the the phrase uh pop quiz hot shot was spread around <laughs> i'm not kidding it especially amongst all of us staff you know because we vibed on a lot of movies we we took a lot away you know like we would sail these sort of things as well um but yeah there's so much quotable dialogue but yeah it's the kind of thing that it just belongs in in a 90s action film you know they yeah. were just such a product of the time but i i still find them so goddamn cool um i thought the script was so great in that it sets up so many multiple dilemmas I mean, Alfred Hitchcock would have freaking loved the suspense in this film. You know, the build-up of suspense. Like, mm. um, aside from the bomb itself, like, you know, there's, of course, the famous, you know, unfinished highway yeah. scene. Um, even little things like the woman with the pram going out and Annie's, mm. like, you know, freaking out about that. Just even the, the fact that, you know, what happens with the bus driver, you know, that is an obstacle. Like, there's just one obstacle after the other you know and then later on of course the fuel tank like there's just so much stuff against them and that builds up the excitement it builds up the drama it um and it's a brilliant premise you know mm. the the it's such it's a simple thing but it's really clever and well done um i thought dennis hopper was fantastic like that mm. was perfect casting yeah. he was such a scary menacing psychopath um he's really so good at playing those kind of characters oh yeah yeah of course what did you think about the chemistry between keanu reeves and jeff daniels like did you did you think they bounced oh, yeah. off well with each yeah. other yeah i mm -hmm. i like good teams like that and it's actually just reminds me of a movie i have to show you that has a really cool duo working to diffuse bombs mm. and stuff but okay. yeah I, I like those kind of like you can completely believe that mm. they've been working together for mm. this time and that they're friends and everything and oh yeah I like some good banter between people that just mm. like that it makes it more fun oh yeah that's the thing yeah it's fun i mean especially with that 90s quotable dialogue like that yeah. was there because it was fun you know this was a time when yeah movies were just so much more fun um a movie like this doesn't need to be realistic it just yeah. just do whatever to just make it fun and suspenseful and just a wild mm. ride for everyone because i mean it's a movie about a bomb on a bus so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now but this like yeah as i was watching the film you know i i kept thinking about all of this stuff that i've just been talking about about how movies in the 90s were so you know from such a different time and and all of this sort of thing and like i've often thought to myself like what is it about 90s cinema because that that is my favorite decade of movies I'm, that is yours as well isn't it i think so yeah and sometimes i think okay what is it about the movies that made them so good and i sort of think to myself it, it occurred to me i actually got the answer to my question when i was watching speed this time it wasn't the movies it's the world we live in because i was watching speed and i thought okay if this movie was released today 
how would it fare in the world where social media can utterly destroy a film where so many people have opinions about films but rather than being able to tell two or three people they can tell you know 20 or thirty thousand people um because i mean yeah the film is you know it does have things that people might have judged on i started writing stuff down like you know that people might say today you know like jeff daniels was completely miscast you know because i mean in that same year he also played a character named harry in dumb and dumber like yeah it was so people probably you know maybe say that they might say oh the ending just you know it dragged on too long like you know once the bus stuff you know oh then we're onto a whole big train thing like was that necessary um the fact that uh annie was and i hate this term so much but i am sure everyone not everyone not you good people out there in radio land uh so many people would be criticizing annie as being a mary sue you know which is a character that just automatically knows how to do everything because you know she had lost her license she was already been suddenly she knows how to drive a bus and admittedly there were bits where like um oh what was it i think Oh, she she operated something. I can't remember. I don't think it was the indicators. It was something else, but she just knew how to do it. Now, you know, like I said, in its time, no one cared about that. You know, mm. we were just having too much fun with the film. I Whereas, didn't even notice whatever bit you're talking about where she. I can't does even remember. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was watching it and I was thinking to myself, ah, that is something that people would criticize. Now I can't even remember what it was because I was having too much fun. Um, I know that the jump scene would just be utterly trashed. Um, yeah. There, there's a well, lot look of at the way there, but... people talk about like the. It's usually like a Netflix movie coming out that would be mm. in the vein of speed for plot, you know, action movie. And mm-hmm. I mean, well, everyone watches them, so I guess they still <laughs> get all the ratings and they keep making more. But mm. everyone absolutely trashes them, and I think mm. this, yeah, this would get trashed so much i mean it's like um it's very few movies i think that come out that don't get trashed because horror movies get trashed action movies Mm -hmm. get trashed just Mm -hmm. comic book movies get trashed (laughs) oh yeah like everything people just aren't happy anymore exactly that is you yep you absolutely hit the hammer on the nail with the head of the (laughs) hammer yeah um no i i completely agree i i genuinely feel that so many people have forgotten how to have fun i think that social media has largely done that i think that now that everybody has a soapbox um (laughs) it's just it's not a good thing yeah it's like everyone cares more about talking about a movie and commenting on it or tearing it apart or whatever rather than Mm. they actually care about the movie it's kind of like Mm. physical Mm. media people um i watch a youtube channel serial at midnight and heath on that is really into retro stuff and Mm -hmm. um he's apparently just hounded with comments all the time about why is there no 4k for x right right. and um because people just want 4ks of everything because Mm. you know that's the best quality around and they Mm. won't buy anything else and Mm. it's like they just you know Mm -hmm. for their collection yeah and it's like no just buy 
however it comes mm. because then you can see the movie yeah <laughs> that's what you want is to mm. well, it should be what you want is to watch the movies not just to have a row of 4ks on your shelf yeah 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 i mean yeah look i i you know like i said being in a cinema environment you know because i i worked in cinemas from 93 to 99 and i was so spoiled because you know being around that atmosphere you know just and all of the cheesy movies you know like when independence day came out my god that was the biggest mm. thing you could imagine and i remember that not a single person came out of the theater going Oh, well, you know, I've got this list of complaints about it. And, you know, oh, you know, Will Smith's dialogue was just so cheesy. And, uh, you know, I didn't like the alien designs. And, uh, you know, oh, this this role was miscast and blah, 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 blah. Like, you didn't hear any of that. You just had people coming out of the theater filled with excitement going, oh, my God, that was so much fun. And then going back and seeing it again and again and stuff. And, you know, Speed was exactly that kind of thing. Like, yeah, the, the, the excitement was just paramount, you know, amongst people. And no one complained because everyone was having a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah... There you go. Anyway, that's my rant for the day. Uh, <laughs> but no, I thought it was important to bring up because, um, yeah, I have often thought to myself, what is it about 90s movies that just made them so good? And uh, I mean, the same can be said, you know, for 80s and 70s films mm. and oh, every definitely. other film. Yeah, all the I think way it's, back. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, but I think, yeah, I've, I guess 90s movies appeal to me because that was just kind of the time where I really started going to a lot of movies and really you know absorbing everything a lot more um but yeah i i just feel sorry for people now who you know where social media has been like hey, we're going to take your fun away suckers yeah then you get like in the 90s i was you know coming into my teenage years so mm -hmm. um i was getting more into movies then just because i was getting older so i had more available to me and you know mm. you just go to the local video store all the time and just mm. wander around have a look pick some things yeah. made some like amazing finds there i mean what if mm. encino man came out now yeah. that, that... oh wow <laughs> i found that at the video store i just saw the cover and it was mm. called california man there because in new mm. zealand they call it california man and mm. so i was like what is this so i just rented it Mm -hmm. And it just changed my life. I had it was a weekly rental. I watched it every day that I had it, mm -hmm. and yeah, there's mm. just one of many discoveries at the video store. That's not the yeah. same as scrolling through an app looking. No, yourself. of course it's not. Look, as you well know, I am on board the Encino Man train as well, <laughs> and I I will bet my entire harley quinn collection that one day we're going to do an episode of our podcast solely devoted to encino man oh, i just know it yeah 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 yeah. that'll be a bonus episode one day um and yeah i couldn't agree more that film would not survive i mean look admittedly i think people like you and me who you know absolutely sing praises of the film are probably kind of few and far between well yeah like, i mean it it's, it's not it's not like a speed type of film it is mm. like a pretty stupid comedy yeah. but it's just still such a good time which is mm. why 
it would suffer now because there's less yeah. people who want to have a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's um, so 90s. I just, I don't know. I think it's a bit of nostalgia as well because of my teenage years in the 90s mm. and like that's when I was getting into movies and getting into music and mm -hmm. that was before pop had overtaken everything completely so you'd still yep. hear a lot of rock on the radio and stuff because there was no internet so you kind of mm. went with what was on the radio and mm. we had MTV for a while um, mm. on free to air before they Mm -hmm. decided it supposedly didn't have enough ratings so they got rid of it but <laughs> for a while it was there so we had all those shows mm -hmm. and i remember seeing you know music videos for like soundgarden and and bon jovi and all all the good stuff yeah and um discovering lots of bands from that mm -hmm. yeah yeah um i mean that yeah that's the thing like you know you're talking about the sort of 90s nostalgia and stuff and there was there were so many moments in watching speed that i just had to laugh like um <laughs> uh uh, can we talk about what happens at the the, the bus's final final moment? I was going to say finale, but well, I, that's, that's probably why I stumbled. quite a that's, that's a bit probably, of a spoiler. Okay, yeah, but you know, so you know that scene that I'm talking about though, like that was just you know that happened for maximum nineties, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll get into that in the sealed section, but you know, also just. So many cheesy lines, like, um, oh, damn it, I can't even really say that then. Um, <laughs> after Keanu Reeves has a fight with Dennis Hopper on top of a train, and when Keanu Reeves comes back to uh, Sandra Bullock and he says a line, and I, I can't say it because that's going to be a big spoiler, so we'll get into <laughs> that later as well. Um, join us in the sealed section later on if you want to talk speed spoilers um but yeah look overall i i love the film i i gave it four and a half stars on 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 i was gonna say rotten tomatoes but it's letterboxed um mainly because i i did actually ironically think that maybe the whole train sequence at the end was kind of like oh wow we're doing this now <laughs> um yeah I, I didn't mind it i mean i enjoyed the scene you know like yeah. every moment in the film is brilliant um but i did kind of feel it just felt a little bit out of place but that is literally the only thing that i thought was a mild negative how about you mm. well i mean yeah so i only watched it in 2022 so it's only been a couple of years since the last mm. time i watched it but yeah it's the kind of movie that you can watch again and again mm. and i think because of the combination of how fun it is the the action that's happening like then the sequence of events plus the casting mm -hmm. like even like a few of the people on the bus are really interesting and funny mm. and like the the scene where keanu's looking at the bomb under the bus mm -hmm. and the other guy is on the phone the, yep, yep. the, the yokel tourist yeah. guy Al well, and alan um, rock ferris yeah. bueller's best friend and, and um keanu sees something and he's like oh shit or whatever and then yeah, yeah. he's like saying it on the phone and he's oh, like darn. uh oh darn yeah. <laughs> i know that was yeah I, and it's funny because those little moments of comedy actually felt right you know it actually um yeah i thought i thought you know it didn't kind of affect the tone of the film it was because it, it even though it was kind of 
you know, twisted subject matter and stuff, like a bomber trying to murder people, mm-hmm. um, it, it was still done in a kind of a fun action movie way. So, Which is um, the best way to, to do action movies. Yes, it is the, the best way to murder people with bombs. I mean, even, even look at, like, bombs. John Wick movies. Yeah, yeah. The super violent, so many people die, mm. but it's so much fun. Yeah, exactly. Dark fun compared to this, but yeah, you yeah. know, the, the the having things be fun keeps them being a good time. Like, mm. I mean, yeah, if you don't have the fun, like it's kind of a depressing movie. Yeah, that's right. I could not agree more. Uh, all right, well, look, that's all I had to say about speed. Did you have any? Uh... Any last things that you wanted to say about it? No, I think that's oh, okay. that's everything in our in our spoiler free. Yes, it is indeed. Talk. Um, we did not discuss which film we're going to talk about next. So, oh yeah, uh, I don't we've got remember a, what order we did. I don't either. So, what do you want to talk about? Brain scan or this is Spinal Tap? Uh, uh let's do Spinal Tap first. Woohoo! Living in a hellhole, you know where you stand in. Sorry, I... Okay. I am obsessed with that film. I... um, It's it's very simple uh, as far as the synopsis go. It is about a fictitious rock band from the UK. It is a documentary, uh, if you will, rockumentary. Or in this case, mockumentary. It is, it is one of the first like really famous mockumentary films and it just follows the rise and fall and rise again of this fictitious band that is all there is to it but this film when it came out it fooled so many people (laughs) and i'm talking people like ozzy osbourne and uh who else was it was it i want to say alice cooper but there, there were other famous rockers who watched the film and were just like oh my god that happened to us you know and stuff like that <laughs> like it actually fooled people now the i i yeah i'm throwing this over to you because i i first saw the film in the early 90s i was obsessed with it i have seen it a million times including i've been so lucky to actually see it on a cinema screen um i have action figures i have freaking Spinal Tap, Spinal Tap, Spinal Tap. So, you, on the other hand, have only just seen this film for the first time because, of course, this is our new uh, thing we're doing called Without Consent, where we are forcing upon the other person a movie that they haven't seen before. Frankie, what did you think of This Is Spinal Tap? So much pressure. No, not at all. If Um, you tell me you hate it, we'll have an interesting debate. You know I didn't hate it. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I I did have a small issue of not being in the best mood to watch it. Oh, um, okay. Which maybe I shouldn't leave my movies until the last day in case <laughs> I have that kind of mood. Right. So right. I, I feel like it might go better on a rewatch when okay. I'm when I'm in a better mood. But I mean, that being mm-hmm. said, I still thought it was super fun, and Isn't I mean, it? it's like. It's like a sort of cross between a hairband and a punk band, kind of, yeah. with the, the styling and the looks and mm-hmm. everything. And yeah. I, I did write down one of the early songs they did was the talking about the uh, Big Bottoms 
the, well, the, the song's bottom, called Big Bottom. Called Big yeah. bottom. Yep. And I, it just made me laugh if, because it has the line, how could I leave this behind? <laughs> yes, isn't that so clever? <laughs> and um, I just laughed every time he sang yeah, that line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, it's super clever. That's the thing with this movie. It It is actually quite a... I don't want to say an intellectually level, clever, funny film, but there are so many lines of dialogue that some people get it and some people don't. Like, there's there's one line in particular um, that I didn't really notice the, the you know, how freaking clever it was, and, ironically, until later on. But the line where I believe it's David St. Hubbins says... Um, you know, well, there's a fine line between clever and stupid or stupid and clever. And, you know, at the time I was like, oh, yeah, okay. But then, you know, you th- I think there was one one time I was watching an analysis of the movie or something like that. And they were going on about how amazing that line was. And I was like, hang on. And I thought, oh, my God, there's not a fine line between clever and stupid. <laughs> there is a fucking universe between clever and stupid. And I, I suddenly got it, you know, and that's the thing. There are so many lines of dialogue that are fiendishly clever. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, the thing is, you know, are you aware that all of the actors in the band are actually American? No, I don't really. Those accents well. were fake. <laughs> like, that's the thing. And not only that, they actually, the weird thing is, after this movie came, they were actually playing their own instruments as well. Like they made the music and the, they actually toured as Spinal Tap. I'm not kidding. The The weird thing is it became, you know, life imitating art because they then actually released albums. They made music videos. They, um, we need uh, that from the heavy trip boys. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. But the difference is, uh, yeah. Michael McKean, Harry Shearer, Christopher Guest, they all, played their own instruments and sang their own vocals and all of that sort of stuff um there's there is actually a sequel to the film currently being made with rob reiner back directing again uh and i am so excited about that um there was another sequel film that came out in the 90s i believe it was i haven't actually seen it but from what i've heard it's not that good um, I can't remember. I think it might have just been called The Return of Spinal Tap or something like that. Well, it's it's not listed on Letterboxd as a related film. But this sequel oh. coming out mm. also has Paul McCartney, Elton John and Garth mm. Brooks appearing. Oh, yeah. No, the, I am beyond excited about this thing coming out. But um, did you, when you were watching it, did you suddenly go, were there so many lines where you're like, oh, that's where that reference comes from? Uh, did you pick up on a lot of things? No. Like, like the whole, uh, you know, anytime you hear someone's like, you know, oh my God, this party, we're going to turn it up to 11. That's, that's from Spinal Tap. Anytime you hear something about something going to 11 is from Spinal ah. Tap. If you look on IMDb, it is the only film that you can actually rate it out of 11. That is the cultural impact that that film had on the world. Um, It was crazy. I remember in the 90s when there was a resurgence in the band, um, they came out to Australia to do a bunch of interviews and stuff. And there was, um, 
I think it was the show Tonight Live with Steve Weizard, I think it was. They uh, were going to interview Spinal Tap. They were like, you know, hyping it up and everything. And so what they did is, you know, they're like, okay, and you know, coming coming out now is, is Spinal Tap. And they had a cameraman following them from the green room uh, through the studios of Channel 7. But of course, Spinal Tap get lost on the way. And they actually spent the entire episode cutting back to where Spinal Tap were <laughs> and stuff. And they never interviewed them because they just got lost the whole time. And, you know, they're like the, the, the phrase, hello, Cleveland, like that comes from Spinal Tap. There is so much stuff that comes from that movie. Um, I... I personally think it is one of the greatest comedy films ever made. It is a flat out five stars from me. I um, like it just it's relentless. It's nonstop laughs, you know, at the band's stupidity, you know, with the sandwiches, you know, the, 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 <laughs> the bread's too small. And, you know, if you, if you, if you fold it, if you fold it again, you get this, you know, <laughs> oh my God. There are just so many things in that film. I um, like the uh, scene with the the concert scene where they're coming out of the pods. Oh my god! At least two of them are. Yeah, isn't that amazing? <laughs> where Derek Smalls is trying to bash his way out, and then of course, yeah, he, he finally emerges, and then when he goes back in, his arm just gets caught in, but he's still triumphant. Um, yeah, my God, I honestly could go on for two hours probably talking the, the about The other the interesting thing that'll mean nothing to you, but mm. when, when they're showing all the clips from the old days when they mm. were like the sort of early Beatles style yeah, yeah. and then they went to the like hippie thing, mm-hmm. those songs really made me think of the songs in the show This Is Gen Z. They, oh, they okay. have a lot You've of little songs that. in that and right, yeah, right. It, it just it's like those songs yeah, i mean yeah. i guess it's just you know the sort of taking from the style of back then but mm. hey maybe it was based on that who knows but they just yeah, felt really i'm like oh this could be a gen z song yeah <laughs> but that's what i mean like yeah the the impact that film had was massive and you know i loved like um all of the cameos in the film you know like fran drescher that was interesting uh bruno kirby as the limo driver uh did you notice dana carvey who was uh garth in wayne's world uh did you notice that he was in the film i i noticed he was in it but i didn't notice him because i don't really know him it's hard well. to spot but he was in the scene with billy crystal as mime artists oh, uh yeah. the scene where of course you know he does says that famous line mime is money <laughs> um yeah uh so yeah no he was uh dana carvey was was one of the other mime artists in like you know his sort of early acting days um there are there are so many cameos and stuff in the film it's um but yeah as far as music films go you can't beat it i know i mean okay that that's probably you know <laughs> an arguable statement but um and for for my personal taste i think it is the ultimate music film um yeah it just doesn't get any better than that and i think you know the the cultural impact that it's had and everything kind of makes me think i'm possibly not the only one who has that opinion mm. but uh yeah but, no, i definitely uh, noticed looking around on letterbox that there are tons of extreme super fans of oh the yes 
Yep, yep. No, I, I count myself as one of those easily. Uh, so I hope that, you know, upon subsequent rewatches... And I, th- I do think, though, that it is the kind of film that you do know... Like I said, you know, the, the fine line between clever and stupid thing, like, that took me years to, you know... Like, a lot of rewatches before I finally, that line clicked to me. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, you know, the more you watch it and the more you sort of pick up on it and stuff like that. I mean, I still gave it four stars. It was still a good yeah. time. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I wasn't starting in a normal mm. place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's fair enough. But, uh, yeah, no, I highly recommend that film to anyone who likes rock music who likes movies about bands who just likes funny films i recommend that movie to every single person on the planet um, and I, I read in some reviews that a, a large majority of it is ad-libbed oh that's actually a good point um there was no script for the film the, mm. all they had was oh, it was either an eight page or a 12 page outline uh of just basically a rundown of what happens in each scene and so now that makes me want to watch it again because just knowing that and i'm like i wish i knew that beforehand because yes i mean i you know when you know that some stuff like Mm. has been added but to know that that much is those kind of movies always really interesting to watch that it's like okay know who your character is and Mm -hmm. and what their personality is and then just be them <laughs> they just had a rundown of what happens in a scene that yeah the entire film was ad-libbed um and yeah actually i, I should have mentioned okay i'm i'm gonna come clean here um every episode of this podcast that we've done i have made an effort to make sure i watch the films or re-watch the films going into the next episode because obviously you know we can talk about it then I have not rewatched this as Spinal Tap for oh I don't know it might be a year or two, um, I'm but I have seen it that many times I know that film so well that I kind of figured I would probably be able to talk about it without rewatching it again. But uh, yeah, I wish I had actually remembered that um, that thing about it being ad libbed because that fascinated me, and I've been trying to get a film off the ground for like 12 years now at least um which was heavily heavily inspired by this is spinal tap it's actually it's um based on a experience we had making a film that fell apart and i thought wow wouldn't it be cool to do a mockumentary a la this is spinal tap but for filmmakers and when we were pitching this film uh to potential investors and stuff we were saying it's spinal tap for filmmakers because that hasn't really been done to that extent. There have been a couple of films. Um, I think there was one called American Movie, I think it was called. Um, but it was kind of... It wasn't really that funny. Um, but I had the same sort of thing. I was like, I wonder if we can do this, you know, as ad-libbed as possible. But the funny thing was that potential investors and whatnot were like well no we're, we're not gonna uh help you out if there's no script <laughs> and i was like no 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 but you don't understand you know um then people came back with ah oh, yes but have you ever directed improv before and it's like well no but and they're like no nah, not gonna help you i actually had to write a script for the film which <laughs> 
seemed like a pointless exercise but you know even then when we sort of gave it to cast members and stuff we were like look this is an outline do what you want you know <laughs> um we just needed a script to show people but um yeah i'm still hoping to do that one day because i just think it would be so much fun doing a movie that way that is completely improvised um but yeah anyway uh that that's uh, i'm actually looking at my page looking for where my notes on spinal tap are but i'm like oh yeah that's right i didn't write any uh yeah did you did you have any any last words about spinal tap i don't think so well in that case goodbye cleveland and uh all right well we're gonna go to our next uh without consent film a film that you forced upon me you dirty yeah, girl and i unintentionally gave us a medical theme <laughs> you did you did because uh we've got speed of course which is uh medicine um uh, <laughs> uh this is spinal tap which is a procedure and uh now we're heading into our next procedure which is brain scan so being that this is your film, please mm. tell the good folks out there what Brain Scan is all about. So this is a film I discovered in the 90s in my teens and mm. when, you know, Edward Furlong was a big deal because Terminator <laughs> and uh, Pet Cemetery 2. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, so it's this kid who's really into horror stuff and he hears about this game that's an interactive cd-rom <laughs> and it's supposed to be the scariest thing ever so he decides to give it a go and it's a game where you are the killer mm. and so he kills someone and then the or game finishes and turns out the guy actually died <gasps> and then the trickster turns up and is like you have to keep playing <laughs> the game there's four parts Mm. and um because he there was a witness or a clue left and then so there's a cop that's sniffing around be investigating the case mm -hmm. and it goes from there that's yep pretty good uh because yeah you don't really you can't really give too much away for this film mm. so yeah look i obviously had never seen it before uh you showed me the trailer at one point when we had one of our movie marathon days and I didn't know much about it, but I thought, oh, this looks interesting. I goddamn loved the film. <laughs> I really did. Man, um, it, oh my God, the 90s atmosphere <laughs> yeah. that I got from this thing. Um, look, not only the clothes, you know, like when you mm. first meet uh, Edward Furlong's character, Michael, um, you know, he's got like the oversized shirt that's like, you know, four sizes too large, the baggy pants and the giant sneakers. And I'm just like, oh my God, why do we not dress like that anymore? Um, <laughs> the technology was just, you know, absolutely pure 90s. Um, but not only that, you know, I mean, the whole aspect of the film was revolving around interactive technology or interactive entertainment. And that was a time period where you had things like the nightmare video board game, you know, where you had to put mm. a VHS cassette in and the, yeah, the guy would tell you that. what to do. And you had things like virtual reality was, was emerging. I remember there was a local shopping center in maybe 93 or so that had these two platforms you could stand on, put a gigantic headset on and hold a, a controller and it was like a vr game where you and the person next to you had to 
basically, you know, it was like a first person shooter kind of a thing, but it was revolutionary. So that's the thing. Like, um, yeah, it was all about interactive technology and entertainment and stuff. And I just soaked that film up so much and loved every second of what I was looking at. So yeah, that was a really good pick. Um, yeah, I'm glad a- you liked it because it, it's pretty mixed reviews from mm-hmm. people. So I thought it could go either way. No, I did. I dug it, and and I loved that it was like a Twilight Zone episode in a way. It um, we'll get into the spoiler section mm. uh, later, but yeah, there's a lot um, to talk about with spoilers in this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know the the sort of twist at the end and stuff i kind of thought oh that's that's very twilight zone-ish um i also absolutely love the soundtrack (laughs) i mean when you first meet trickster and you know he comes out and he's like dancing around to primus i'm just sitting there like oh yes please let this scene go for an hour um i want to see this freakishly weird looking man dancing to primus non-stop um it um yeah and i mean that's the the character of trickster like i'd seen pictures of him before but i didn't really know much about him and everything i loved him i loved his look you know he was this sort of alt metal freak of nature sort of very (laughs) 90s looking thing i loved his voice i can't believe the actor i looked him up before and he's only been in four things um Mm which was really bizarre like yeah because i mean he did such an amazing job with that character but the character design was just fantastic um yeah there was there was so much that i loved about the film um what what, what are some of your favorite aspects of it like what, what makes it special to you uh i love kyle his best friend yeah 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 um the actor who plays Kyle mm. was 27 when that was filmed. No! Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. And Edward Furlong was 15. <laughs> was he? Oh, okay. I, I... Well, I mean, wow, going by surprise. this quote from the director, it says he, he was a 15-year-old kid, so I don't yeah. know if he was just picking a random number. But, right. um, but he would have been... Hang on. I'm not sure. I because um, I mean, this came born? out after Terminator Two, like uh, three Hang years on. after. Let and me. I, I was I was doing a quote because uh, I don't think he was what twelve in Terminator Two. Where is where I mean, is his birthday? I don't know. Doesn't it say where is his here? birthday? I should have just googled. Oh, here we go. Seventy-seven, eighty-seven. Oh, he's probably seventeen. Yeah, okay, but oh my god, 27 for the other two, that's fucking crazy, because <laughs> they looked the same age, that was, mm. that's really weird. I, yeah, I, I liked Kyle, I thought I thought he was great. I, I thought Amy Hargraves as Kimberly, she, she yeah. had an interesting look. She wasn't, you know, kind of like typical Hollywood pretty or anything like that, but I'm not saying that as a criticism, I actually thought it kind of worked because it made her look more realistic like a but i think that's in some ways a bit of a 90s thing like maybe not in the huge films Mm. but in smaller films i think you just got a lot more 
mm. sort of a bit more normal people rather than yeah, the, yeah. the typical like what's her name in Encino Man. Mm. The Megan Ward. Oh. Yeah. I mean, who? <laughs> what? I, I, what? No, I don't know who you're talking about. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you know, she was, don't get me wrong, she was pretty. And if mm. Amy Hargraves is, of course, listening to this podcast, which I'm pretty sure she would be. Um, yeah, not saying anything bad, but she just, you know, yeah, she wasn't like the Megan Ward type like you know whoa knockout sort of thing but um yeah but that's that's not really important but um I yeah, also, that, that's probably mm. the the weakest part of the film i think is the stuff mm. with her yeah yeah well um i yeah it wasn't a perfect film for me i kind of thought that the the characters didn't feel developed enough for me like there's a bit you know, where, uh, you know, you suddenly find out, like, you know, Michael loves Kimberly. Like, I know he was kind of stalking her <laughs> through a bedroom window and all this sort of stuff. But, yeah. you know, later on, he's like, you know, it's, it, you got to believe that he's actually in, in love with her. And then it turns out that it's reciprocated. And it's like, hang on, that, that sort of just felt like it came out of nowhere. Um, yeah. But, I, I mean, it, it, it is like we are dealing with teenagers. Yeah, yeah, look, I know that, but, um, yeah, I don't know, it, it's, yeah, kind of a minor gripe. Um, I also thought the mid-credits scene was a bit shit, if I'm being completely honest, um, with the dog, because I know, like, you did see the dog at the start of the film, and, like, because there's that kind of montage of things going on, and, they showed the dog with a particular item in its mouth. Um, and that actually stuck in my memory. Later on, I was like, because there are scenes with the dog. And I was like, okay, but we didn't see that. And then, yeah, it's, but yeah, we'll get into the spoiler section more. But that I didn't think worked at all. I thought that was kind of stupid. Um, but yeah, look, but overall, it, I thought the film was ahead of its time. Because, um, to me, like, the main theme of the film is that uh, technology and, you know, well, yeah, technology is not as important a facet of life as friendships and human connection. Um, that, you know, I sort of got that impression, like, later, of course, you know, when Michael just, like, smashes everything up and then goes and joins the party and confesses his love and stuff. Um, and so I was like, okay, okay, that's that's the theme of the film. But when you think about it, like, that theme is more applicable now than ever before, you know, mm. now that social media has just become such a dominant thing and everyone's staring into a screen. And, you know, I mean, I went to a concert last night and, like, okay, I took some photos, but there are so many people just watching the concert through the phone screen that they're filming through and it's like be in the moment now you know put the technology away and so mm. i i actually thought the film was very smart in that respect i actually thought yeah like i said it was it was definitely ahead of its time but um yeah it was a really good techno thriller it was a bit weird but i liked the weirdness yeah. uh i i yeah i dug that that was my kind of weird um, the film is available on YouTube. If anyone wants to check it out, uh, you can find it there. Um, and 
I the only other thing is after I watched the film, my God, I just wanted to listen to Aerosmith so much. <laughs> Did you notice how many Aerosmith posters are in this film? In so many different characters' houses and stuff. Kimberly has two Aerosmith posters mm. on her wall. Michael has Aerosmith posters. Like um he's reading a newspaper there's like a massive advert for a aerosmith tour on the back and like they didn't even appear on the soundtrack you know like so maybe, they- maybe the the director or someone really liked them but they couldn't afford the rights or something i want to find out what the deal is there because that was really in your face you know but not in a bad way because i mean i fucking love aerosmith so i don't mind but um, yeah, I just thought that was very strange because a lot of times if a band's song, if a song is featured in a film, like, you know, sometimes they'll promote the band throughout as well. well Edward but, Furlong um, was in their music video for Living on the Edge. Um, I don't remember. Now that you've mentioned it, I think I might have known that at some point, but I don't remember that video, oh. but... Kimberly oh. and Stacy were in their twenties as well. Ah, well, there you so go. Edward yeah. Furlong was the only teenager. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that was another thing actually that I thought kind of not let the film down for me, but I found interesting. Okay, this is completely my opinion. I don't know if you're going to share it. Edward Furlong is a shit actor. <laughs> no, I'm serious, and. I never noticed that in in the 3,000 times I've seen Terminator 2 because the movie is so awesome and to his credit and, you know, Edward Furlong, if you're listening to this podcast, which I'm sure you are, um, the guy's got charisma out the fucking wazoo, like, and ridiculously awesome hair. Um, And I think that fooled everybody because I never noticed it really in Terminator 2 like because you know he's he's cool you know it's like he's got a cool voice he's got cool hair he's you know he's cool um but this time around I'm kind of looking at him like he's just John Connor again like he's no different at all to how he was in Terminator 2 and all he does is he doesn't really act if you actually really pay attention to him he he delivers his lines well i'll give him that much he doesn't sound like he's just reading off a page but he doesn't really have a lot of expression he doesn't really yeah he's kind of a shit actor (laughs) the the first trivia thing on imdb where Mm -hmm. i didn't find anything else about aerosmith by the way that's right um Director John Flynn did not get along with Edward Furlong during filming. He later recalled, Eddie Furlong was a 15-year-old kid who couldn't act. You had to slap him awake every morning. (laughs) I don't want to get into knocking people, but I was not a big Eddie Furlong fan. Ah, okay. Um, I, yeah, all right. I can kind of see why that quote came into existence (laughs) because, yeah, John Flynn, I'm kind of, kind of. So obviously it was a bit of he's in your film because he's a big star at the moment yeah yeah i was actually just having this conversation with someone on the weekend where i personally think that if a performance in a film is bad you can't blame the actor you've got to blame the director because we were talking about hayden christensen in particular where you know you look at something like um the you know uh star wars episode three revenge of the sith where he's delivering lines like you underestimate my power 
And then you watch him in something like the film Shattered Glass or um, uh, Life as a House or any any other film that he was in, basically. And he's a phenomenal actor. Um, even Natalie Portman, you know, sucked in the Star Wars prequels. Um, but she's brilliant, you know. And But I look at those sort of things and I think, okay, but that's up to George Lucas, you know, because you can't... You know, if, if you direct a scene, you've got a choice. You can either... Be like, okay, yep, we got it. Let's move on to the next thing. Or you can say, Hayden, the way you delivered, you asked her, underestimate my power. Like, yeah, I, you know, I wasn't feeling it. You know, go back in there, give it more. Um, you know, we'll talk later. Like, yeah, that's up to the director. But in this case, I guess John Flynn was working against, uh, you know, kind of working with the impossible here and probably had to work with Edward Furlong and probably didn't really have a lot of choice. So, uh, yeah, that's actually interesting now. That's that's kind of put a bit of a uh, tangent on my argument that I usually have. But, um, yeah, interesting. But, look, yeah, overall, I, I dug the film. I, yeah, I would watch it again. I would I would even buy it on Blu-ray. That's, uh, that's how much I enjoyed it. I gave I it. I don't know if it's out on Blu-ray. I don't either, um, but I gave it four out of five stars, which is actually half a star more than you gave it. Yeah, well, I actually downgraded it this time from four stars. Ooh, and because why is I, that? I just, I don't know, it's just, I, I guess it's feeling a bit harsh or something, because I really mm. like it, but it does, you know, mm -hmm. it's not perfect, so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, maybe it was that I just saw something else and gave it four stars and thought mm. it didn't compare, even though I don't compare movies to each other because there's a huge range in, in the, and different reasons like horror movies get rated differently than dramas or mm. whatever. So there's all different things at play, which is why mm. every movie I rate is rated individually out yeah. of five. But mm -hmm. sometimes I might get swayed a bit where I'm like, I'm going to give this four stars. And then I'm like, wait, I gave this other movie four stars and it's a lot better. Mm. So I don't know. No, that's know. fair enough. Um, it might go up again next time. It just, we'll see. Was there anything in particular for you that, you know, made you bring it down or was it just the overall No, vibe? I think it's just that, you know, it's one of those movies that is really fun and some really cool stuff. Like in the game, it's like first person Mm. Um, point of view so that's interesting but mm. um, yeah the stuff with Kimberly mm. it's a bit stalkerish and weird <laughs> and like looking at your neighbor through a telescope <laughs> oh is, is that is that bad I mean I mean no, no, sorry I, I, let me rephrase that oh yes that is bad <laughs> uh, and just yeah it's just a bit cheesy and you know it's mm. just um, or like the, the guy who's playing the cop guy Oh, he, Frank Langella. He, yeah, he feels a bit like he's from a different movie because he's, like, properly acting. <laughs> he well, just feels a bit yeah. more, like, I don't know, he's so serious. It fits with the film, but it just mm. also, he kind of stands out. But I know that's, like, the character, that he's really kind of stoic and everything. I Yeah, I thought he was great. He was actually mm. one of my favourite aspects because he kind of... I mean, he's great in absolutely everything that he's ever done, but um, he just sort of had this thing, like, he he looked like he should, you know, that he was kind of a threat to Michael's character, but, yeah. you know, in a, in a reasonable sort of a way. Like, he looked like the sort of guy that, yeah, um, you know, he, he was 
like firm but fair um hmm. i think is the kind of uh which because... you know he's a detective so yeah 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 that, that fits um did you know that he actually played skeletor in masters of the universe with tolf lundgren as he-man from 1987 no because i i don't know if i've even seen that film before you i i absolutely envy you but um yeah no, i watched no, the, the cartoon when i was a kid but i don't know if i saw yeah. the movie as well well no he was the live action skeletor but mm. um but yeah no I, I really liked him in the film but um yeah yeah uh but yeah That's so no, I, mean. like, I, I would bits. i would recommend the film to uh well particularly 90s movie buffs um anyone who likes sort of techno thrillers if you like your movies a little bit weird, I would definitely recommend it. Um, yeah, I had a good time with it, and thank you for forcing it upon me without Yay. my consent. Yeah, See, I, I just rhinestone was payback. This Ooh. time, I wanted to give you something that I hoped you would love because I okay. I've loved this film for years. I, I've got to say something about rhinestone. So when I was watching it, I was watching it with Kylie, and she fell asleep in the last. Uh, probably about the third act um so she recently wanted to watch what she'd missed because she's she's a completist when it comes to movies you know she's got to mm. see the whole thing um so we sat down she's like oh do you mind if i put on the last bit i was like uh, look all right go ahead you know so she popped it on anyway we're getting oh i don't know how far we were into it and everything but um i'm sitting there just enjoying the dulcet tones of stallone and parton <laughs> and i look down at her and bless her cotton socks she's asleep again <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just like oh my god are you serious so it's taken her three attempts uh now i think she's finished what actually actually i'm not 100 sure if she has even I think the, the last attempt, she might have fallen asleep in the last 10 minutes again or something. So, yeah, we're not having much luck with this. But I'm going to pass it on to her to watch by herself because I've seen more <laughs> than enough freaking rhinestone than I need to see. <laughs> um, that movie is kind of haunting me now. So, yeah, I kind of think you might need payback again. But anyway. Um, but now, we uh, for, for our next episode, we're... Once again, we're not doing the uh, the thing where we're going to give each other three choices, are we? We're going to do something a little bit different. And uh, yeah, I thought we'd just have some a few more ideas to keep mm -hmm. things a bit different. Yep. So if you'd like to explain, because this is your brainchild, so I'm going to throw um, it over to you. So what we're going to do on every sixth episode, because every yeah. fifth episode will be our without consent ones. Mm -hmm. um, we will pick an actor or a director mm -hmm. and we will pick a film each from them that neither of us have seen. So mm -hmm. um, we don't know what we're getting into because we haven't seen the film. So we might be giving each other a crap film to watch or, or we might be finding those hidden gems that people have in their filmographies exactly and that is why we're calling this segment uh what's it going to be called <laughs> you can say it it's going to be called hit or shit uh because yeah uh as as frankie explained it, it could be an absolutely amazing film or it could be an utter turd <laughs> uh we don't know so um yeah 
So I'm picking first and I, I had someone picked out as soon as we thought of this idea, but then prisoners happened. Mm. And so I changed my mind and we are watching Jake Gyllenhaal films. Yes. And we had a list of 22, I think, that that we haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so because I picked Dan Gets first choice of movies so because we want to keep an element of surprise so which one have you picked for us to watch um well after everything that we've been talking about and having gone through all of the films and everything uh the one that has intrigued me most of all is everest Mm, I thought you might pick that one. I thought you might have thought that I'd pick that one as well. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I just think that that one could have the most sort of, you know, fun. Not not disaster movie, but like uh, survival movie uh, yeah. kind of aspect to it. So, uh, yeah, and I do People love battling a... the harsh elements on a mountain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I love a survival movie. Um, so that's the one that I, I have chosen. I had that as my backup one, even though I figured that it was highly likely that you would pick that and i thought <laughs> i i was going between a few and then there was one that stood out as being a bit different and mm -hmm. intrigued me and mm -hmm. so i picked that as my first choice mm -hmm. and that is love and other drugs okay because I, yeah. it is a rom-com with right. him and anne hathaway ah okay and uh, includes oliver platt in the cast list Nope, you had me oh, hey, in Hathaway. It's, it's that Josh Gad guy. He's in this as well. Ah, the much talked about Josh Gad. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I'm looking at the poster right now, and it has Anne Hathaway uh, with the illusion that she is naked in a bed. So I probably won't even watch June tonight. Yeah. I'm just going to watch I... that. No, just kidding. <laughs> I changed my poster to a black and white. Yeah. Arty version rather than the. What's what's Looking more naked and bad version? What's more artistic than the female body? Oh, and this Being has black and white. This has Judy Greer in it, which uh, Kylie's going to get a chuckle out of because that's a big in joke, which I'm not going to bother explaining right now. Um, yeah, okay, no, that sounds good. I like it. And as an absolutely special treat for all of you listeners out there in listening land, um, no, what was it? The One Stop Podcast Shop uh we are going to be for our main film for a film that we both mutually love and feel the need to discuss we're going all the way back to 2008 at the start of one of the most ridiculously successful movie franchises of all time a film by neil breen called oh no no hang on <laughs> sorry 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 no wrong wrong whoopsies no uh we're gonna go to the start of the mcu and we are going to be talking about Iron Man, um, because yeah, it's just a brilliant film and mm. we both love it. And there's probably more than enough to talk about with that movie. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about that. So, uh, stay tuned for the next episode where we will be talking about Iron Man and love and other drugs and Everest three films that definitely have no kind of connection like our <laughs> previous medical stuff um so yeah before we jump into the sealed section uh thank you to everyone who's been listening thank you especially to everyone who checked out the prisoners episode because we really thought that 
maybe about five people would listen to that but um uh yeah the numbers have actually been pretty good like we've, we've been really happy that a lot of people have been listening to it and um and hopefully going and watching it so uh yeah thank you to everyone in the eight countries of the world that uh, have been tuning in even if you're one single person in ireland or whatever you are the best person in ireland because you listen to our podcast um but no thank you to everybody um do, do you is there anything you would like to say to these adoring fans of yours they they want to hear from you come on you got something surely come on well thanks to everyone for listening it's always fun to talk about movies and hopefully you are inspired to watch some of them and and avoid the two two bad ones that we mentioned but we yeah. mostly mentioned good ones exactly and um yeah and prisoners go watch it and mm -hmm. and then listen to our bonus episode if you want to watch a really good film and hopefully there's lots of people going oh june part two is coming out we need to watch all of denny's other films and so mm -hmm. they will discover it that way as well Yep, and they're going to end up loving the Dinas. Uh, all right, so um, to everyone who doesn't want to hear any spoilers, thank you for now. We'll catch you on the next episode, which will be dropping on the... I have no idea. Uh, two, two weeks time. Well, yeah, two weeks. So, from when this one comes out. Yeah, so that's the 15th <laughs> of March uh, that'll be out. So no. we'll catch you then. Uh, for everybody else, though, it's time to get a little bit saucy and jump into the sealed section. So, what do you want to talk about first? What do you, what do you, what do you got? Uh, what's we'll, what's we'll spoilerific? Speed first, I guess. Um, yeah, there's a lot to say for that one. Yeah, off you go. Oh, okay, fine. Well, <laughs> um... So, yeah, okay, so the things that I wanted to talk about before that I realized, uh, no, when the bus, when they finally evacuate the bus and everything, and, you know, it's going through the airport and everything, like, you know, it wasn't enough for the bus to explode. It had to run into a fucking <laughs> Boeing 747 or whatever it was, and for that to explode. <laughs> I've got in my notes here, the bus hits a plane for maximum 90s. Uh, because, you know, that was just such a 90s thing, yeah. having a fucking plane explode. Yeah, um, I hope there was no one in that plane. Well, no, because you saw it being towed the guy by being a towed. thing. Yeah, and the guy but... gets out of the truck mm. and everything as well, which is kind of bullshit. But, anyway. yeah. <laughs> um, but th there's another thing that I've always loved since the first time I saw that film, and that is the moment when Harry and his team, uh, you know, go to the house you know where they think that you know um i've actually forgotten what dennis hopper's character's name is uh oh my god what was his character's name i can't remember now um that's not good research it's howard payne uh yeah they go to the house where they think howard payne <laughs> the house of pain <laughs> uh house of pain is in effect y'all uh yeah and of course it's rigged to explode and everything and there's that shot on Jeff Daniels' face, where, mm. my God, that was an absolute masterclass in acting because he had so much emotion and everything go through that one expression. It just said so many things. It was like, 
oh shit, of course. Um, there was, yeah, just kind of like this, just that moment where you realize there is nothing you can do to escape death. And, you know, it was sadness, it was pain, it was fear, it was like so much. And that shot haunts me, you know, it's, <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's so goddamn good. Um, yeah, that's, um, I, I don't know if I had too many more spoilers about the film. Oh, what was um, the line when he... Oh, yeah, that's yes. right, of course. Um, so, yeah. After, uh, you know, they're on top of the train and, and uh, you know, Jack lifts Howard up and, of course, Howard's head goes flying off and uh, Jack goes back into the train and Annie's shackled to the thing and uh, she, she says, you know, something like, where is he, whatever, and he says, he lost his head. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just so stupid. And that's another thing, like, you know, if that movie came out today, people would be like, oh, my God, I can't believe they had, you know grade three dialogue like that in it and everything but like yeah back then it was like oh man that's so cool um <laughs> so yeah um but no i um yeah like i said you know just, just things like the bus driver getting shot which i didn't mention earlier i just said something happens um mm. i thought that was brilliant i thought the the confrontation with the the you know crook who shoots him and everything was just so cool you know it's just like and this isn't about you this is bigger than you i, I just realized it has that 90s thing which i think is kind of nice now where like no one died mm. in, in the group well except because... for that one woman who falls through the oh, but, floor. Yeah, but, she but she was she an idiot and had it, it coming yeah <laughs> <laughs> brilliant there we go <laughs> There's the true Frankie coming out now. But it's like uh, there's a few movies from the 90s, and notably like Twister, that mm -hmm. like everyone lives. And when you, people mm. make movies like that now, mm -hmm. they would have to kill off at least one person mm. in yeah, the group yeah. because you can't have everyone survive now mm. because apparently it's not. So I actually was sitting there going, oh, I can't remember. Does the driver die because... Mm they can't get off the bus and yeah. everything and i was like no, it's, it's, it's the 90s they mm. were like yeah let's save the bus driver yeah. <laughs> um and i also thought you know the whole twist of uh the camera being and you know being on board like you know how it set it all up and everything and like you know giving away the clue about uh you know the wildcat and all that sort of stuff like i thought that was mm. really good and that is another thing that people would pick apart now Ooh, how could he have possibly had the time to get on board the bus and rig it up with a camera and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And how is the camera being powered and, and all that sort of shit? Like, yeah, people would just tear that apart. Um, but no, I thought that was really, really cool. Also loved the way that they discovered it and counted it by looping the thing and everything. Mm. And for the audience, I think that works really well because you're like, oh you feel that sense of relief like ah he can't see you now like get everyone off like yeah, yeah. i just thought that it, it yeah gave you such a cool feeling of relief that everyone had a chance to um to escape and stuff so um yeah but um yeah no that is just a near perfect film i thought mm. so um yeah did you was there any other spoilerific stuff no nope um i don't think this is spinal tap is the kind of movie you can spoil <laughs> yeah in any way um i mean i guess maybe you know i it warms my heart towards the end when nigel tufnell comes back uh mm. you know this is the way he walks in the room and they're like 
you know, just the way that, like, especially, uh, you know, St. Ubbins uh, sort of looks at him and is like, just gives him a nod and, you know, the other's like, you know, just gives him a nod. And, and getting them to come on stage. Yeah, that was beautiful. I loved that. It, um, it felt real, you know. That's the thing with that film. Like, even though it's a hilarious mockumentary, so much of it felt real. Like, they, oh, man, they just really crafted that in such a perfect way um so yeah that's but i mean there's not really much you can spoil with the film like yeah because <laughs> uh, of just the design of it and everything um i yeah so so brain scan yeah the thing i was talking about the, the dog with the foot in its mouth in the mid credits like when the credits start rolling and you hear the tricks to say you know something like you know, ah but no that's not where it ends and stuff so at the start of the film I'm, I'm watching this shot of the dog running across the park from kind of a high angle shot. You don't know at that time what it has in its mouth. Later on, you find out it's a foot. Okay, cool. Um, but that gets resolved. Then in the mid credits, the dog runs with the foot, sits outside the house with the foot. But it's like, hang on, haven't we just established that that didn't happen? There were no murders and stuff. So why does the dog have the foot? Like uh, that, that, didn't make any sense at least it's just a mid-credits thing you can throw away so it mm. didn't bother me too much but yeah i gotta kind of wonder what they were thinking because it was just so nonsensical in the scheme of things because mm. yeah okay so yeah i mean the spoiler is that of course um like yeah michael played by edward furlong goes through all these uh um chapters of the game where various people are getting killed uh and then he finds out later on that it didn't really happen that it was a hypnosis kind of a thing that made him believe all that so it was kind of that cop-out thing you know from like oh it was all a dream yeah um, but sometimes that can be effective oh yeah no I, i'm not i'm not saying that was a bad thing that it worked because well in this I, film. there's another film which you will watch one day Mm -hmm. that that has a similar thing and mm -hmm. um i saw lots of people complaining about it but it was i mean it's different from this because you if you think about everything that's happened in mm -hmm. context of the ending it's mm -hmm. quite interesting to think about but i think people just look at the surface thing and go oh they did that and no, think I, it's terrible i think it was plausible in this film because it mm -hmm. wasn't actually a dream as such it was a yeah. hypnotic implant i mean the film's called brain scan you know? <laughs> um so no i i completely thought that was fine um and i dug it you know i sort of i yeah because again it sort of led to the the theme of the film about how human interaction and connection and everything is is you know more important than technology um so no it worked really well um but yeah i can't really remember where i was going with all that but it doesn't matter um but no i dug the twist i thought the twist was cool i i was very surprised when it looked like uh the cop shot him and stuff it was kind of like, you know where is this all going <laughs> um but yeah because you find out that it didn't really happen it's like okay that's cool um so yeah no i i i, I dug all that um i don't really that was about all i wanted to talk about with brain scan that was sort of spoilerish hmm. did you did you have anything i don't think so well you know what that means don't you 
It means we're done. Yeah, which is good because wow. I have to get up in six and a half hours. Oh, listen to you. I have to. <laughs> I have to watch Dune Part One um, at ten thirty at night. So that's going to go till one in the morning. So yeah, but that's normal for you. Oh, shut up. Yeah, well, you know, they don't know that out there, though. We, we don't all have the luxury of sleeping in till, what, nine or ten or however late you get up. Yeah, nine. Or, oh, actually, it'll be nine tomorrow. So, yeah. Um, I've already yeah. been working for an hour by then. Yeah. In the city. Oh, oh but when you think about it, shut up. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> For everyone who has been joining us in uh, in the sealed section, uh, yeah, thank you very much once again. Um, I'm not going to ask Frankie to make any last words because I already set her up for that, put her on the spot earlier. So, you know, that's fine. Um, but yeah, we'll be back in two weeks to talk about Iron Man and Everest and Love and Other Drugs for our Jillian Hallapalooza. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, uh, like I said, if anyone wants to get in touch with us on the socials or the emails or whatever, just I'm not going to go through it again. Just go back to the start of the episode. Uh, you look like you want to say something. No, I just thought of something. Did you? When you said Jill and Hallapalooza. Yeah. I was like, when we do this thing of picking an actor, maybe our main film should be one of their films that we both liked. So it is a full episode for that person two hours 26 minutes <laughs> i don't know it's probably too late now no it's not too late um uh jack where are you although do we have uh, one that we've both seen and liked though too i've i've said so much though about Iron Man and everything now and I don't know oh, yeah. where I said it. And... Okay, we'll do it next time. Yeah. We we um... can refine our things as we go because we're just Yeah, dying. yeah. Look, let's let's do let's it. Let's do way. that next time. Um yeah, okay, that sounds good. Um where were we at? I was saying goodbye. Hmm. I said I'm not gonna put you on the spot, etc. Um Oh, and then, yeah, Actor Palooza the next time. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to kind of go back a little and start again. Mm. All right, so in that case, we're going to see everybody in two weeks' time uh, where we're going to be discussing the amazing Iron Man and the hopefully amazing Everest and the <laughs> hopefully amazing Love and Other Drugs um, for our first segment of Hit or Shit. We're going to find out if those movies are indeed hits or shits or so i don't know anyway all right so until next time take care watch lots of movies which is kind of rich coming from me but no i'll make up for it in the next two weeks i promise um take care and we will catch you on the flip side <laughs>